Interview with American Pinball. Stern launches The Mandalorian. Fathom revisited Mermaid Editions, all sold. Hi, and welcome to the Pinball News and Pinball Magazine Pincast, the pinball industry news of the past month, discussed by uh, me. My name is Jonathan Hewson, I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Ayev, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we are looking back at all the events in the, in the pinball world that took place in May 2021. Well, not so fast, Martin. How oh. can you say it's only May 2021 if we're also going to be looking ahead with American Pinball? Well, okay, we, uh, we're looking at events in May, but also the wider picture as well, looking at what's going to be coming up in June. And, and beyond that as well, in some of our other news items. Right. So, yeah. But, but as far as anyone's concerned, this is the May 2021 Pincast. Right. John and and what an exciting month it has been. Yeah. Um, we always say that. And, uh, and funny enough, it always seems to be true. Um, even though it might, might seem quite quiet, this month really wasn't. There was, there was a new game launch for a start. And... Um, which we will come to a little bit later, but also we're uh, we're looking forward to what's going to be happening this month in June with the, with the team from American Pinball, right. but also looking back at how the company started, where they are now, and exciting news about uh, the the, uh, the change of ownership, I suppose, from uh, being a, a kind of sister company of uh, the Aintron Corporation to being a wholly owned subsidiary. Right. And what so, that means for right. American Pimple. So, um, uh, uh, well, so we recorded an interview with um, uh, David Fix, uh, Mukesh Fasani and Nirmal Fasani. Um, and um, uh, before we're getting into that, uh, um, uh, I do recall it's not that made, not made that very clear that um, American Pimple uh, was under... Uh, um, uh, super, uh, was being supervised by uh, Deval Fasani and he has uh, moved on. Uh, um, and with that change, apparently, uh, the way I understood it, um, uh, Aimtron, the, 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 the parent company, felt the need to change things up a little bit um, uh, in terms of uh, it being a sister company and, and, and what have you. But... Um, yeah, that's all being that's right. uh, uh, discussed in the interview. Yeah, it's it's quite a lengthy interview. We, we cover a lot of uh, ground in that, looking at, um, as I said, the, the, the company's founding, um, that's Aimtron and American Pinball, the reason for it. And we also go into uh, some depth about how the company is funded, what they are planning for the future, and, um, well, really, um, whether they you know, are now on a firm financial footing. Which is important for a com for any new startup company, right? And and uh, yeah, well, probably better to let uh, Mukesh, Nomal, and David uh, tell the story in their in their own words rather than me try and summarise it. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll head over to uh, to our interview with the three of them and uh, the team at American Pinball. So we're joined by the uh, well the, the top team from uh, American Pinball and Intron. Uh, with joining us now are uh, Mukesh Basani who's the founder and CEO of the Aintron Group of Companies, Nirmal Basani, who's the uh, Senior Director of NPI at Aintron, 
And uh, our good friend David Fix, who um, is Director of Operations and Marketing at American Pinball. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us here, Martin and Jonathan. Yeah, welcome it, on my behalf as well, yes. It's a pleasure, and, um, and I, I think um, I haven't seen uh, or heard from Nirmal in quite a while, so uh, a lot's happened in that time, including uh, him going to India and getting married. So congratulations on that, uh, Nirmal. I was going to say. Yeah, a, couple of, uh, a couple of changes, both personally and professionally. Uh, a lot of stuff that happened in the, over the past few years. You already Indeed. got divorced? <laughs> in the Indian system, it doesn't work that way. Okay, so it's lifetime, it's lifetime concrete, yeah. concrete marriage. Well, 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 now you're back and uh, senior director of uh, new product introductions uh, NPI at uh, at Aimtron. Uh, presumably, that that those new products include um, Aimtron and American Pimble. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, all new products that we develop across all the group of companies. Uh, so. Aimtron has uh, six or seven different companies, uh, depending on how you classify some of them, within our corporate umbrella. And so all the new products that we design and develop across any one of those companies goes through me and my team. Wow, that must keep you busy. Oh, yes, it does. Okay, well, I, I guess the, the, the kind of the big news recently was that uh, American Pinball is now wholly, wholly owned by Aintron, uh, whereas previously it was, a, I guess it was a kind of a sister company, um, and um, now Aintron owns it completely. Now, although we, oh, it was a couple of years back that we, uh, well, People News did a, an article about um, Aintron um, as part of our visit to American Pinball. We did a, a tour of the factory and saw, saw the amazing work they're doing there, but um, Perhaps, perhaps Rakesh could give us a sort of background history of, of who Aimtron is or what the company is, how it began, and, and what you're up to with the company now. All right. Thank you, uh, you know, Martin and Jonathan. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, uh, Martin, uh, having me on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely, our um, pleasure. Um, regarding, you know, Aimtron and regarding my journey, I think let me take you back a little bit about my journey so you understand how and where I am and where Aimtron is today. Uh, I was born and brought up uh, in very small town, uh, maybe around 450 people. Uh, my parents, uh, farmer, never went to school. Uh, you know, very hardship. Uh, you know, my village has only three level, uh, three grade schools. And then after third grade, fourth grade, we need to walk uh, to the next village uh, uh, because, uh, you know, there is no bus service to one village to another village. Uh, right. There is no bus service. Pardon uh, me for interrupting, but this is in India, right? Um, this is, uh, yes, so this is in India, um, you know. Um, and um, when I came, actually, fast forward journey, actually a lot of hardship. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, 11 10, 11 kilometer one way, just the biking one way to get the high school. Uh, didn't have that much money to afford, uh, you know, a, a fancy vehicle. Um, so uh, after hardship, uh, I became a engineering uh, graduate uh, and then I started my own business. Uh, I was dreaming to do uh, business and I was dreaming to go out and uh, you know, do good for society, especially for education, because uh, my parent never went to school, and uh, I was the engineer from my family, uh, immediate family. So um, I decided to 
uh, you know, get out of the country, but didn't get a chance. Uh, so I was uh, doing a business over there. In 1995, fast forward, I migrated to U.S. Uh, and um, again, uh, I went to DeVry School here uh, because I couldn't, you know, um, uh, used to with all the uh, customs here without any knowledge, local knowledge and local education here. So um, moving fast forward, uh, we started uh, while in you know, a DeVry School, I started uh, a uh, business in a parallel and um, grew that company, first company, uh, to $30 million and partner retired. And, and uh, you know, we came back to, again, uh, invent, reinvent the will. So we started again in a 2009 uh, company called Aimtron with high aim in electronic market to, you know, make something out of this. Right. Um, and you see from their uh, last 10 years, uh, as Nirmal said in startup, um, you know, we have about uh, seven branches. The first branch is called Main Aimtron Corporation, uh, where we do all fancy PC boards for all kinds of industries, um, including gaming and industrials and casinos and, you know, you name it. Um, we have a separate unit though, for uh, government, we are direct, uh, you know, supplier of U.S. and Navy, uh, so Naval Force. Uh, so we have called AIMTRAN system, it's called ITAR facility. Um, in parallel, we also, we started uh, a AIMTRAN technology. So that's when Nirmal and his team come in in picture and, and run whole business, uh, you know. And then uh, we have another uh, branch, you know, and there is so many, so many things, but I, I, I'm um, right now, today's our focus is pinball. So last, not the list, uh, you know, I was looking for some kind of a, a, a box build and, uh, you know, that uh, we get chance to get into American pinball. Um, one last thing, uh, Aimtron Foundation is my dream and we have a non-profit uh, Aimtron Foundation activity also for education. Um, that's about my journey. Right, amazing. Um, so, why did Aimtron take? Or, or actually, give give us a, a sort of a, an overview of how American Pinball started as a as a sister company or a, <coughs> or a spin off from Aimtron, and and why Aimtron has now taken complete ownership of of, of American Pinball. Oh my God, it's a tough journey. <laughs> <laughs> it started with uh, you know um, you know actually as I said. Uh, um, there is two things connect here. Number one is, uh, you know, um, Aimtron has a quality product. Uh, Aimtron is believing in, in like, you know, a very strong quality uh, work. And that's what we are in contract manufacturing. So we are looking same way, some kind of box build. And um, eventually American Pinball, uh, you know, it's kind of a family owned company, but then, uh, you know, uh, Double Vasani, uh, you know, he mm -hmm. chose to yeah. pursue, you know, uh, yeah, he, he chose to pursue, you know, his own path. Uh, so that's where Aimtron came in picture and took 100% control, uh, you know, on that, uh, on that uh, American pinball. The second reason was uh, why American pinball is, uh, you know, we, our business is, is closer to $100 million, uh, you know, but we, we still feel that family value uh, attached to, to Aimtron Foundation. And, uh, when I, when I look at, when I go to party, when I look at somewhere, uh, even my own kids, uh, you know, they, they just, 
when they're young you know they just start uh, just in social medias you know so that's where mm. if uh, whole family can play together whole family can you know spend time together so you know we came in, uh, more interested in american pinball and then we choose that uh, take complete ownership and uh, take it to the next level right and if i could just interject here um the name i remember mukesh talking to me about this i was considerably younger then uh which is funny to say because a lot of people <laughs> in this room would consider me to be young now uh but i was considerably younger then and uh one of the things that he told me sort of struck out to me where uh i asked him uh, why why uh, american pinball where does that name come from and and he said that because america is the country that gave me the opportunity to build aimtron and so this is as an homage to that and so i always thought it was it was interesting to see that uh while every other company under the aimtron umbrella has aimtron named as a part of it he specifically dedicated american pinball as an homage to the country that gave him the opportunity to build it uh which i always thought was really neat and cool thank well, you certainly uh, worthwhile uh, uh to 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 notice that um i had no idea and it's i think it's a very nice gesture um if i if i if i may interject immediately with uh, uh one of the previous comments about taking american pinball to the next level i'm very curious what the next level will be <clears throat> So when when we started this journey, and we look at a few competitor, and uh, you know when we look at the competitor, we thought you know we have a a lot a far better uh, you know product knowledge or supply chain knowledge you know so we can control even better way to you know uh, quality also so that's way um, at least we can take a half the share half the market share. so our our dream was uh, when we hire david fix uh, you know to fix some of the problem thank you to mr fix uh, you know you're so, welcome <laughs> so so you know when we hire david fix initial team was kind of a, a uh, you know learning team uh, thanks to initial team also they did good at least they brought up brought us up wherever we are right now uh, but now new team uh, we change each and every corner and build a new team and that new team with the with the i think david will take you a little bit more in depth but with the knowledge uh, with the you know goal mm. to have half the market share so on an average 10 to 12000 pins every year our goal is to get 5 to 6000 market share every market share every year uh, and how and you know time will tell and and david will tell yep i i will go into more detail for that too it's not a problem so absolutely Okay. Uh, now, now, obviously, if you want to want to grow in that kind of way, um, you're going to need to invest in manufacturing and in stock and in staff. And uh, one thing that always bogs down company, well, most companies, I mean, there's one obvious exception in this at the moment um, that's starting up, is uh, funding for the future. And any startup company kind of would have a business plan would have a certain amount of money at their disposal in order to build the business and get it to the state where it's profitable what does the change now that aimtron owns american pinball completely what does that mean for the future funding of the company does it put it on a on a more secure footing does it does it guarantee um, future funding for the company for the next i don't know 5 years whatever 
No, um, tell us what, what what the financial difference makes uh, from having Ainge on as as the uh, as the owner. So let me let me have you know young men answer these questions. Uh, and if I need to add, I will add. No. So the reason that uh, he's handing this over to me is because I was uh, uh, quite an integral part in our uh, continued development of uh, American pinball and sort of our continued involvement getting more entrenched into it. Uh, and one of the things that uh, we really wanted to achieve was a more secure future for American pinball. Uh, yeah. And the best way to do that is by backing it with someone that has the resources, the technical know-how, and all of that knowledge that Mukesh alluded to before, the knowledge in terms of how to optimize supply chain, how to optimize manufacturing processes, how to source material with the best quality, which is, I'm sure, going to be a very hot topic in today's marketplace. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to find uh, the right balance between designing a game that has good features that are attractive while not over-engineering it and making it too expensive for the consumers to support. All of these are real challenges that every single company faces and backing a younger company with the resources and the knowledge base, um, more importantly the knowledge base because anyone can get funding but very few people have the technical resources and the technical knowledge resources necessary to execute on something like this at our level. Right. Okay. And it, it does seem that uh, when you have a, a contract manufacturing company or an electronics contract manufacturing company as your as your owner, it seems mm -hmm. a little a little strange that you're not using your own electronic system for your games. Uh, is that is that something that uh, we might be seeing some change in in the future? Yes. <laughs> and all I say to that is stay tuned. <laughs> Okay. So, 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 let me touch on that for a minute, Martin, because I can I can touch a little bit more on that for uh, mm -hmm. the team here. I mean, granted, to get started in a pinball manufacturing company, you know, it takes a lot of like you're alluding to a lot of money, but it also takes a lot of you know R and D and a lot of research mm -hmm. and and to have a product that is 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 strong. So to start that uh, step. Why reinvent the wheel? There was a strong product out there, so we, we partnered up with that. And that was still when Dovel was kind of uh, associated with the product to, to, to get us moving forward. You know, the, the best way to sell machines is get them out the door. If you can't get a machine out the door and get it to the, the, the market on a timely fashion and you promise the world to everybody and you show them all this stuff, you know, you're going to tell them you're going to bring something, you, you hurt your market. So I have to say the one thing about American Pinball is, is that there were a few missteps in the beginning, but we continuously are improving. We are continuously selling games. Uh, and we are, of course, we, we look at the options of building our own board set at some time to be able to continue the growth of our company. Yep. Good. The other that thing uh, that I want to interject with here is there is a very purposeful reason why we went with an off-the-shelf solution to get started with. Uh, for our first game for Houdini, one of the largest struggles that we faced was we were a completely new company. And Pinball is obviously a very challenging product to launch successfully. So one of the factors that helped alleviated the, uh, the potential customers that we had 
to help alleviate their concerns regarding the longevity of the company. We tried to make it so that uh, if certain critical components could be bought off the shelf, then the product would be secure, it would be serviceable, there would not need to be uh, any sort of, uh, you could theoretically do uh, 90% of the electronics on Houdini without having to work through American Pinball. And uh, for the first product, for the first couple of products, that is very key in buying consumers' trust. And that is something that we desperately needed at the time. Now that we are more established, now that we are more reputable, uh, the consumers are much more familiar with our products, our quality, what we strive to achieve, the timing is much better now to evaluate an option like going with our own board set. With our, going with our own board set. Yeah. Correct. Sure. Okay. And, and, and to touch on to normal's part, sorry, Martin, just to no, throw no. this out there, is when we went into this developing, uh, when Houdini was being developed and then Oktoberfest, we used a lot of key parts, even in the mechanical aspects, that were industry-specific and people know these parts. They're tried, tested, and true. Why Why reinvent a, a whole tie, a mechanism when we know that there are people out there who love these mechanisms already? So we use those off-the-shelf parts, too, so that it, they're well-built. You know, many people will always talk about American Pinball as being a well-built machine. It's, it's, it's like a tank. Well, because we're using tank parts, you know, we're using stuff that is really good and being letting the team invent and work with that. So... And of course, using uh, using the Big Rock system brought um, brought that community um, yes. under your uh, microscope, and you were able to uh, employ some some people who were very familiar with, with building Big Rock based home brew machines. Correct. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're well, talking about people you brought on board. Um, you fairly recently hired um, Dennis Norman, Jack Hager, Zephyr Ryan, and of course David yourself, uh, a relatively recent uh, joiner. At uh, American Pinball, but um, do you do you feel now that you have a full complement of, of team members that you need going forward, or are there still some gaps that you're looking to fill, um, some other key roles as you're talking about expanding the the, uh, the scope and um, and range of products that you're going to be producing? We are continuously looking to. We have some strong pillars. Let's put it this way. You know, you have. Dennis Nordman is lead senior game designer. You have Zofia as senior mechanical engineer. You have uh, Jack as um, um, the art director. So we are continuously um, adding to these people, but these people are our are structure. Okay, they're the guys who are going to, you know, lead the charge as a team. And, you know, Zofia talks to Dennis and there's some junior people under Zofia that are working to build, uh, you know, the mechanisms and, you know, we continue to build within. Um, but, you know, we wanted key people that were been in the industry to uh, literally show us, you know, and, and help guide a young team. You know, you, you can't mm -hmm. build a team unless you have a mechanical engineer. You can't build a game unless you have a game designer. You can't have art unless you have an art director. So these key points are, are really key to help the junior people to understand what it is. I mean, you have to go back. It's like building, you know, 
Dennis walks in with how I built pinball 101, you know, so, you know, there's, there's tons of knowledge that these key people know in the industry to help get us a game out to the public. Right. But all those key pillars are in place now, are they? Yes. Yes. And we can, and we can, and the one nice thing is we had a key pillar with Josh, uh, Josh Mm -hmm. Kugler and, and, and Joe being software. I mean, these guys are the guys who are making the magic of the lights blink and, you know, everything under glass, you know, work flawlessly and continuously working on upgrading the programs and upgrading, you know, the systems. It's not like, you know, Houdini was the first, yes. Oktoberfest was an advancement. Hot, Hot Wheels is even more of an advancement. So as we keep advancing our games, we continue to work on that. So pretty good. Well, you mentioned those three titles, and um, I guess I guess the company's been in in business for what around five years now. So I'm guessing that you, given what you said earlier about wanting to um, take half the the market share, you're you're going to be looking to increase the speed at which you uh, release new titles. Is is that correct? That is correct. Uh, I will tell you right now, we have a title that uh, will be released very shortly. So stay tuned. It's coming out. Now, we've had some supply chain issues, which a lot of people have had. But I'm not going to announce something unless I'm ready to share it with the world. Okay. And I want to make sure everything is secure so that when I do announce it, it's available for the public to buy. Okay. Long gone are the days of let me show you a video and do some hand waving and tell you about all this cool stuff and then wait two months or three weeks or four weeks, whatever the, dis- the time period is. When I show it to you, it's going to be ready. So, you know, and that's uh, that's the title that we're working on right now. Now, that doesn't mean that we're just sitting on our hands waiting for that. No, we've already got the next game that we have uh, in development, quite a long ways in development. In fact, we're shooting for some time in the fall to have the next game, uh, which then... That's already kind of locked in and done by Dennis. So Dennis is already working on the next game after that for the spring of 2022. And then after that, we have one already kind of in the works for fall of 2022. So the idea of the company is to take it from one game a year or one game every 18 to 24 months Mm. to go to two games a year and be, you know, that's where we're going to be in the market. Um, and also to really look at this market and know our market, you know, because I come from a, an industry uh, and a lot of people know me from ICE, uh, Innovation Concepts. And, you know, when I say to people that, you know, ICE is this giant mammoth building, they think, oh, how big is ICE? Well, 75% of any arcades in the world have an ICE product in there. 75% of them will be an ICE product. Uh, that company produced somewhere about 500 games a week. And they had 22 game lines. So you you think about how big and how much. So the market, and everybody goes, where where are you shipping these things? Well, we shipped them to Australia. We're shipping them to Japan. We're shipping them to Dubai. We're shipping them to France. We're shipping them to Germany. We're shipping them to Italy. So in the quiet times, in the last few months that we've been here, I have been, and with the team, have been working diligently Sharing up our overseas contacts and our overseas distribution network so that when we do release a game, 
guess what? We have this great distribution network. It's only as good as what you can get through the pike. You know, we have a manufacturer like American Pinball right now that's producing a wonderful game. It's it's built tough. It's got a great play field. It's got nice support all the way around, and yet it can it it it's right there for people and at a price structure that uh, is going to break the bank. You know, and that's kind of a key point that Makesh liked to share with a lot of people is that we got it priced favorably in the market. We have a very feature rich game that uh, is not breaking the bank. We're not and we're not having problems with our play fields. Just just to interject one line here, you know, David, this is this is we are not making for profit. You know, this is something my wish to help community. Uh, if if we are really only looking for money, we would have run uh, you know up, upgrade the price twice. Uh, you know we used to have raised the price uh, in the past couple months, but we never raised the price uh, um, because our still goal is to build the family value, have kids play together with family, and uh, you know um, just uh, yes, we do need to make some money to run the business. Every business has some needs, but. This business is not only for profit base. Let's put that way. Thank you. Right. No, yeah. and and Mikesh is absolutely right on that because you know, I mean, we we I've seen the numbers just in the um, in the in the uh, orders. You know, it's like well, you know, we can see that the marks and I mean, prices go up, they go down. They go up, they go down. But we're we're maintaining it because Mikesh's core value is you know he he loves the idea that put the cell phone downs from the kids. And get him on a pinball machine. That's what he really wants. And Hot Wheels was one of those things that he really wanted the core value of the kids to be playing with families on a pinball machine. And I think that's you know put the cell phone down and pick up the pinball machine. You know. So is that something the family basis of, of your your business? Is that something which is going to influence uh, the the themes and the titles of, of games going forward? Now you won't be doing anything that's. Um, that involves a lot of blood and gore and shooting and death and anything like that. It will be will be family friendly titles. No, no, we're not. It's not going. That's not going to put it into that regard. We're still going to make titles that people want. We're not going to say that everything's going to be you know um, cats and, and 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 things. I mean, Houdini is I consider a, a very nice title, and I think Oktoberfest is a great title too. Um, to the point that you know. They're to different markets, but at the end days, we, we want to have that social communication. I think, Jonathan, you brought this out in, in one of your other podcasts. One of our key goals, and I know you said this, is put games in locations. Right. Uh, that is a key goal for American Pinball. I want to have the operators put it out there. The only way we can grow the pinball community is introducing people to new games. So, you know, like Houdini is kind of a player's game, okay? I've said this on a couple other podcasts. Oktoberfest is like the barcade, you know? And Hot Wheels is kind of designed to be that great game for family entertainment centers, you know, FECs. But they're designed always as commercial equipment, well-built, good construction at a price that, it's not going to break the bank and that operators can make money on. That's, that's the key point. You know, I mean, if I look back, you know, Williams and Bally and all those games companies way back when they didn't have a whole market to rely on. 
Did it work out well for Stern during a pandemic? Sure it did. It was great for them to have a, a, a family. And then it, it helped us too. But the, the long core group, uh, Jonathan, is, is going to be definitely the operators and getting more people introduced to pinball, you know. Right. I think it's uh, the coolest thing. Well, thank you for uh, for bringing that up, and you actually beat me to it because I'm, I'm uh, one of the questions I wrote down is which would be uh, the target audience for American pinball, and not so much is in age demographic, but are you aiming for operators or are you aiming for uh, uh, pinball collectors uh, uh, with large collections uh, uh, that put them in their own homes or with or 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 possibly barcades, but I still wouldn't consider that operators although they are operating but that's as far as i can see a rather small percentage and if i'm correct uh, correct uh, correctly informed the pool of operators is still far more bigger than the pool of uh, people that are uh, buying games for their homes you're absolutely right the operator pool is huge and that's that was one of the things we went after as of january 2021 uh, we started, you know, looking at the operators and start dealing with some big companies. Uh, we got, uh, we're now with Betson in their Betson catalog. We are, um, we have games out on test with Betson. So there you go. That's one of the biggest uh, operators in the United States. Right. Um, and uh, distributors to operators. Okay. Um, to that point, Barcade's. It's a it's, it's still an operation. Whenever a coin goes into that machine, if it's an if it's a the barcade or a family fun center, it's going to be there. Now you know the, the sad thing is is during this downturn of uh, COVID, we saw Namco uh, operations in the USA close 800 locations, uh, 800 locations of just normal arcades. Well, what does that do? Well, that's 800 locations across the United States that pinball can't get into. But we need to have pinball you know, out there in the public, so we have to continue to grow. Uh, trust me, there's reasons. You know, I worked for many years at Dave & Buster's, and I've already had conversations with Dave & Buster's about pinballs, too. So, um, Okay. So, um, uh, David, if you don't mind... Uh, uh, asking or answering uh, the next question that, that's on my mind. Um, you already mentioned that you uh, you worked for ICE. ICE is a company that, that makes um, redemption-type games. And I know American Pinball attempted uh, a redemption-type game as well with the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. Um, what are... At the uh, are there any any new plans in that area, or is that currently on hold, or is that something that will be further developed? But there's nothing to comment on so far. Or? <laughs> so, so everybody asks me about the Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman was, uh, believe it or not, uh, before American Pinball saw it, I had saw it already somewhere else at ICE. Um, so, is there possibilities for the Flying Dutchman? Yes. Is there is there stuff elsewhere? Yes, but. As I said to Mikesh, and Mikesh and I both are kindred spirits in this, we really want to get the pinball locked in first. We want to get it into a routine where we have the right kind of team that we're producing two games a year and that we will continue to show the public that we have two different titles a year. Once we have that and we once we grow the team, 
We may expand into redemption, but right now that isn't it. We want to have the core value of yeah. this to be pinball. So, yeah, and uh, and everything it, it brings to the family, as you yes. were explaining before. Correct. And, and, and granted, the, the arcade or the redemption stuff is kind of family-oriented because it's in family fun centers. You know, it's kind of fun. Kids can spend time with parents, you know, you know, shooting the, the the flying Dutchman, which is shooting a ping pong ball at a spinning thing. But yeah. at the end of the day, we, we the, the core value right now is pinball because that's the company name, American Pinball, made in America, American stuff, and, uh, you know, trying to bring home those family values. Uh, and I, one thing I wanted to touch on, because I, I kind of got off on that point there, Jonathan, and we'll just share with you, is that, Starting with the next game, which I can't tell you what it is yet, but starting with the next game, there's going to be two models. There will be a deluxe and there will be a classic. The deluxe is more going to be designed just for the homeowners and the collectors. But the classic is going to be designed more for the operators. However, homeowners can buy the classic too and enjoy it just the same. We're going to have basically, it's just going to be trim packages different to give people a little bit more for their game. We already give you a really strong title. We already give you some really cool stuff in it. But we want to also keep that operator happy and help him get his ROI. I mean, after all, he's putting money into the into a machine. He needs to re has a return on investment. We have to show that to them. So once you show that to them, that's more machines out in the public. So, sure. And uh, and operators tend to worry less about what they can sell the game for at the end, and more right. about what it's bringing in. Is that correct? Yes. And and I will tell you, you know, you guys know that I I work uh, and partners with uh, Pocket Tier Billiards, so I know yeah. the operations and. The other thing I want to do is we wanted to create a pinball machine that is strong enough that goes out there and earns money. I don't want a game that goes out there and breaks down and because the first thing you want is a game that an operator can put out there on a location and go once a month and collect, maybe wipe it down and, and doesn't get that call. He doesn't want to have a call where the play field is falling apart. He doesn't want to have a play field where the mechanism fell out of the game. He doesn't want to have a, a call that something like a light bulb blew up and is it, jamming up something. You know, he wants it to operate like it's supposed to and work 100%. So that's that's the key goal here is, you know, like Hot Wheels is a great game. It's out on location. It's out on test. And people want to, you know, they want to see this thing work and not have that service call because operators want that you know the, the more of this and that's the biggest problem a lot of people saw pinball and said you know what you got pinball out here but it's a it's a service technician's nightmare i'm not making money because i'm always going out to service it you know so we have to make the game stronger for them right so so, so you basically want america pinball to be known as the reliable pinball company correct Okay. Okay. Um, you, you, you mentioned well. You mentioned this a couple of times now, and uh, there does appear to be a, a problem with the play field quality at, at some some other pinball manufacturers. And I have to say, to your credit, uh, or the credit of American Pinball, that I've never heard of those kind of problems with any any of your company's games. But um, I'm guessing. Well, I'm not guessing. I, I think Beta make your play fields as as they do for Spooky Pinball as well. They also don't have those problems. How come? These playfields seem to hold up 
so well to regular play when when other companies are having problems in that regard? Well, one thing is, you know, how do I say this? Um, I don't want to cheap out on the play field. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the number one thing. Um, we use a seven ply. Uh, secret sauce kind of method of our play fields. They're really well constructed. They're they're a thick, nice play field. Um, Bader is our play field person, and I will tell you, um, when we had pricing start jumping all over the place, I went to McCash and I said, let's lock it in. So we contacted Bader, and we locked in our play fields for the next year and a half. So right. we already know how many play fields we're going to – we basically said we're buying these play fields now so we can lock in the price where it's at so we can keep it steady, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, we have a good relationship. So the owner of Bader calls me up and says, Dave, uh, the play fields need another week on uh, to, to cure properly. You know, they have a step process that they want the play field secure. I'm mm-hmm. like – Okay, you need another week, you got another week. I'm not going to push those through just because I'm trying to make production and so forth. We can we can keep the company running and get another game through or another production going through. Once we have those play fields are cured and they're done, we, we, we put them in the machine. Now, the other thing is when we get our play fields, we go through a serious, serious inspection. We're looking for everything we're looking for stuff that you know is that going to be a problem is this going to be a problem is that going to be a problem with the clear code you know if there's a problem we have a nice relationship with Bader. we send the play field back they take care of it they fix it they get us they they'll let it cure and we're up and running you know i don't want to have a problem with the play field uh granted when we first got started we weren't with Bader. And we had some play field issues. And then we switched to Bader in the middle of Houdini, and now they do all our Houdinis. And uh, we we haven't had a problem since. And we just continue to make, you know, take our time and give them a product that they're paying for. You know, at the end of the day, you guys are paying a good penny for a game. And the last thing I want you to do is have a play field that is showing. <laughs> I, I, I feel sorry for some people who buy a pay a pinball machine that's for a lot more money than they're buying an American pinball and their play field looks after six months, looks like it's what it, what a Williams pinball looked like after four or five years on location, (laughs) on location. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I feel for these guys, you know, and listen, I'm a collector, you know, I have over a hundred pinball machines. I have, I have, um, you know, I, I don't tell everybody I have this, but I have one of the original highway, uh, full throttle machines. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I have, uh, you know, I have a couple of Jersey Jack stuff. I have, uh, you know, Williams and Bally. I'm a pinball player. I love pinball, you know, and I want something that's going to, I even have Elvin G games, guys. So, you know, it's and Capcom. So, you know, there's a lot of games out there and a lot of these things, you know, I want to be able to have a game that I'm investing money in. I want people to invest money and be secure and feel good about it too, that they're putting their money into it. Well, you've been in this business long enough uh, to know, well, go back into the, the old times where you, you literally could have pinball machines out on on location for, for decades and the play fields would, would still be holding up pretty well. And you, I'm sure you remember the introduction of Diamond Coat that Williams yep. did. Yep. Um, that, that seemed to be a, a, an issue which was done, done and dusted. You know, we know how to make play fields. We know how to clear coat them so they last forever. What's changed in the market? 
is it different wood? Is it different different regulations on what people can can use in the in the clear coat or in the inks? No, why is this suddenly a problem? Well, and I I'm not a professional on that, so I would almost rely back to some of the 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 uh, playfield guys and the other manufacturers. But I will say this is that you know you're absolutely right, Martin. We everything has been done and dusted. You're you're, you're t- I mean, here's the thing. You you look at a. Um, I have a getaway that has a clear-coated playfield, and I, I can take that, and that game has got tons and tons of plays. I have never had a chip problem. I mean, yes, maybe around the the, the uh, upper hole, but that's, you know, it's it's a hole, so yes. But that's after yeah. so many years. Um, I don't know if it's it might be. It could be the clear coat that they're not using. Maybe they are using some, depending on where the play fields are, maybe they can't use a, a very aggressive clear coat. Or maybe they're rushing it. I don't know. I can't give you a, a – I can tell you what our company is doing. We take our times. We make a good play field, and we're going to make sure it, it's got a quality. And you know what? I want to hear, and I'm going to put this out to everybody in this podcast. If you have a Hot Wheels that has an issue, call me. You just look up American Pinball. Call me directly. Let's talk. All right, and I, I will I will take care of that for you. But I already know that I'm not going to get those calls because of the calls that I've gotten, they've all been there's not been any about the playfield. So mm. yeah, okay, great. Well, you, you, as your um, director of operations and marketing, uh, you're also you know, heavily involved in the running of Pinball Expo every October. And as you will be this year. So do you think um, now you are uh, in both those roles that we will be seeing an enhanced American Pimple presence at uh, Pimple Expo this October? It's a good question, Martin. And let me tell you this right now. Yes, I, I wear two hats. But I'm going to tell you uh, the other hat that I wear is I'm a pinball collector. And as Pinball Expo, I always have given a fair shake to every manufacturer, and I will still do that. Uh, in fact, the two heads of the companies, uh, Jersey Jack, reached out and congratulated me and says, can't wait to see you at Expo, that kind of thing. And Gary Stern said the same thing to Rob Burke and said, hey, we'll continue to support Expo. Okay, so, you know, some people are like, oh, it's going to be a total American pinball. No, no, it's going to be a show about pinball. We give Gary Stern and we give Jersey Jack, we'll give Doug at Chicago Gaming. Everybody gets the same shake as American Pinball. Um, it's not going to be like a total American Pinball show. Okay, We're going to do what our budget allows, and we're going to make sure that we show you guys that we have a product. You know, we're, We may have a brand new product at that time, yeah. depending on, on the, the development cycle, because we're shooting for the fall. So that'd be kind of cool. Um I know that uh, uh, Pinball Expo is on fire. It has been. Uh, I have had meetings with Rob, and uh, we've been talking to the vendors. I mean, you know, you got a, a new location that has 60,000 square feet of, uh, sh- of floor, okay? It's going to be unbelievable. And uh, I think uh, the vendors, we have just about every vendor signed up that was from the last couple of years, some more. Uh, we know that we have um, the hotel is almost completely sold out already. Um, Rob's been working on seminars. He asked me if American Pinball wants to speak. I said, of course, just like Jersey Jack and uh, Gary are going to be speaking at Expo. So, 
you know, we're going to have a presence as the same and comparable to Stern and to JJP. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's, um, let's just sort of throw it back to, uh, to where we started with this and uh, I'll ask Mikesh, are you, are you happy, pleased with the way that American pinball is developing now? Now that you've uh, brought it on board as part of Aintron, are you, are you, is it um, are the wheels starting to turn that you you hoped you would see? So yes, um, you know I've heard some podcasters say that nobody's buying American pinballs. That's a true lie. Um, I will tell you right now. I'm not going to go into all hard numbers, but our first quarter of uh, 2021 has beat the first two quarters of 2020. Uh, the current quarter that we are in has already surpassed the first quarter and is on fire. We are currently, um, we have Hot Wheels in stock. We are selling Hot Wheels. We are making them. We also put Houdini back on the line. After so many years, we've had so many people wanting Houdini because they found out it's a challenging game. It's not an easy game. And, and I, it's, it's funny. I've told people this story, Martin. I don't know if I shared this with you. Is, is that if American Pinball would have came out with Hot Wheels as its first game, people would have been blown away. It would have been amazing. Then Oktoberfest would have been just, you know, wow, they've stepped it up again. And then Houdini being this unbelievably challenging game. You know, where did this come from? This, this is unbelievable. But because we brought it out in, the wrong, in a different order... Houdini is such a hard game, but people love it. You know, the competitors want to play this game. I know people who have leagues and so forth who play Houdini just to learn how to play the game. You know, they, they want it a tight, hard-playing game. So sales has been running beautifully. Uh, we're, we're very pleased with it to the point that we have a second game line uh, of Thank games. Thank you, David. Thank oh. you, David. That's what, that's what I was supposed to, you know, add. A little and bit I'll more. let you add it now. Go ahead. Talk about it, my friend. No, no, that's fine. I know actually, you know, thanks to, you know, Martin to elaborate this, uh, you know, questions actually. Um, the building we have about 52,000 square feet is a very lean, very well, uh, you know, planned. And we have a capacity for at least minimum three lines, uh, you know, and two prototype lines. So total five pinball lines we can put on that building. Already we, uh, you know, put the second lines. Uh, uh, second line we already started actually as we speak, uh, you know, and the new game will go on second line, uh, you know. So that's where one line can keep continue old. So you will see, I think Martin you need to come out and, and, and really, uh, you know, uh, take the tour and really appreciate, you know, we'll, we'll love it. Thank you. Yeah, can't yeah. wait. Uh, and, and, and Jonathan, you're welcome too to come. You don't have to. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Just picking up on something you said there, David. Though you said you were, you were remaking Houdini, but there's been there've been quite a few changes in the hardware um, of uh, American pinball games since uh, through Houdini and Oktoberfest and into Hot Wheels. Um, so, are the new Houdini games being made with the current hardware, or are you going back to the the original? No, no, we're making it with the new, the new hardware, all the new advancements, all the new, the new, new stuff that was in there. So you know, we so have back box design, new cabinet. Yes. Yep. yep, the new back box design. So when Houdini was designed, there was never a port put on that game for a, a topper. 
So now we're using that same box, that same cabinet that has that port so that when you want to add the Houdini topper, you don't have to drill a hole in your game or, or, or try to fish it through something. It, it runs or run it into a, uh, a plug on the back of the game, you know, on the back of the wall that's always on. So now it's all connected to the game. We, we redid that so that it makes it much easier. We also did that with the, uh, the speaker system because Houdini never had a big bass speaker in the bottom of it. It had a different kind of uh, package for it. So now we, we went back and now the new ones have the bigger bass speaker in the bottom of the game. So it sounds a little different. You know, we also have the upgraded power supply that uh, is available. And, and here's the thing. A lot of these these um, uh, are available for people. All these upgrades that we are putting in there are available already for most of the public they could have bought it, you know, if they had an old Houdini and they wanted to put the, you know, the topper on, they, you know, we can get them the port. Or uh, if they wanted to um, have the new power supply, they could upgrade the current one to a newer style power supply, which is much beefier. Um, also, we have the, um, the um, uh, flipper enhancement kit, which helps with the strength of the coils. That wasn't really designed. It was a design fall in the beginning. But no, we, we're in integrating all those into the new game. But those are still available for people to buy at our store um, online. Right. Okay. I will just um, just uh, ask Nermal because um, you said you'll be launching game number four fairly soon and um, and potentially a, a second game in, in the fall. We will be seeing you uh, spearheading that launch uh, normal in the same way that we did with, uh, well, not necessarily exactly the same way as we do with Oktoberfest, but in a, um, in, in a different suit, maybe. <laughs> normal, you want to talk about your outfit you're going to be wearing? <laughs> I was thinking which person, I mean, I was thinking which outfit I should be wearing this time, but this time I, th I think it'll be uh, Don't give a lot away. more fun. I was I was contemplating Lightning McQueen, and I'm still not completely <laughs> done with that idea yet. Still in the works. Oh, uh, yeah, a few teas. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you certainly know how to launch uh, a, a new product, and uh, I'm sure you've got a, a big team working on that right now. So we look forward to to seeing that um, in the next well, the next next few weeks, I guess. Um, okay. I don't know if Jonathan has any more questions he'd like to ask. Oh, yes, I certainly do. Um, continuing on, on the next game uh, topic, there has been uh, some rumors um, that American Pinball's next game might actually be sort of like a contract game that was designed by another party that uh, American Pinball sort of embraced and is uh, producing as their own title. Um, I'm not spilling any names, although I'm not sure whether no. I would be spilling anything. But uh, would anybody care to comment on that? Whether there's any truth to those rumors, or I don't okay, know. so I'll, I'll take that one, Jonathan. Uh, so the next game is from one of our junior designers who is uh, designed this game, who will be working on a, another game shortly with Dennis and the rest of the team with his team. So yes, he's a junior designer and uh, we will be seeing that shortly. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, and one other thing, Jonathan, I know you've asked this question and I heard you mention this on your, your show before. So, and you never mentioned American Pinball. 
uh, American Pinball, in its current capacity, on a one-line system, we produce about a little over 20 games a week, 20 to 30 games a week. Okay. So that that gives you an idea, because I know you had asked, you know, like, you know, that Dutch makes this many games, and Spooky makes this many games, and these guys make that many games. I'll I kind of tell you right now, one line, we can get it up to close to 30 when we're pushing really hard. And now that we're bringing in a second game line, you guys can figure out what kind of numbers we're going to be producing. So. Right, okay. Well, uh, thanks for that bridge, because that leads into um, my next question, which might be a bold one, but then again... It's me asking, so what else would we expect? Um, Especially since, from a bald man. I rest my case. <laughs> I have to do credit to my reputation. Um, so American Pinball, in, in the past, I understood that if another company is interested in manufacturing pinball machines, um, you would be available for third-party contracting, uh, so to speak. Um Yes. So, um, uh, well, there are some rumors of uh, certain pinball companies having trouble uh, uh, getting manufacturing going of a certain uh, 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 title that we've already seen and has been prototyped and so on. Um, what are the chances, and I'm going to be very bold uh, out here, what are the chances of American Pinball becoming a contract manufacturer for Deep Root Pinball? Um, well, here's the thing. If Deep Root wants to do something, call us. We'll talk. I've talked to, listen, I've talked to a lot of people in contract manufacturing. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I have nothing against Robert and Deep Root and so forth. I mean, you know, they, they, they tried to set the world on fire. They're running into some problems, I know. But uh, we are open to contract manufacturing. We've already talked to, believe it or not, somebody from, other countries to start doing contract manufacturing for them. Uh, we're kind of in negotiations for that. So, and I've had some negotiations already with some of the guys with some of the games that we already know that are been trying to get into the market. Okay. So, you know, Hey, I've been, I've been with Expo for a good part of 15 to 20 years. Um, I know who all the players are. They, you know, when I started working for them, they, the, the, my phone was ringing from a lot of these people. So, you know, we, we already started conversations to, to uh, bring American pinball into contract manufacturing. And like Mikesh said, our facility is set up to do three, four, maybe even five game lines. So if we want to do a contract manufacturing, we may set up another, another thing, uh, another line and bring it in. So we're open for that. You know, my number and my web, it's on my webpage. Just call us. We will talk. Okay, well, this could be uh, very interesting. Uh, there's certainly an open invitation for any pinball manufacturer looking for a um, uh, contract manufacturing party. And, uh, well, American Pinball might just be it. Yeah, and here's the other thing. You know our quality, and our quality stands by our stuff. So if we're going to do a contract manufacturing, we want to make sure that we give the people who are buying it the same quality that they have already come to love with American Pinball. Right. Okay, so earlier on, um, it was mentioned that uh, with the upcoming titles, there will be a classic and a uh, deluxe model, 
with the, uh, the the classic model more being aiming at operators. And I'm curious, and this might be game specific, but um, uh, generally speaking, is the playfield on the classic and the deluxe model going to be the same, or is it more like the difference what what you see with Stern Pinball, where there is a, a premium LE model that is significant changes and added features uh, compared to their pro model? Um, or are we going to see the same playfield in both models, but the cabinet uh, exterior might be different? And um, uh, that's about the, the only differences. So let, let me touch on that. You you know I'm a collector. I love pinball machines, okay? And and think about it. You know, some people say, well, you know, Williams had an Adams family goal. Okay. But the playfield was the same. Uh, you know, it had some extra toys on it and it had some extra stuff on it to make it look great. But the playfield was basically the same. I I kind of like, you know, I understand where Stern's coming from, where they do the LE and the, and the premium and they give people that little extra, you know, that's there, but why not incorporate that in all the games? You know, I mean, that's, I, I kind of find it funny. I mean, I love the uh, premium version of Game of Thrones, okay, with the upper castle and so forth. I played the, the pro model and I went with that, you know, with the premium model. Um, it's funny because there's a lot of people out there who will tell you they love the pro model. Mm. My, my thinking is, is that I want to make a model where you're going to have it. You know, you're going to have everything in there. Yes, it might not have the milk can on it. It might have a plastic of a milk can. Guess what? You can upgrade it later. You know, I'm going back to Houdini. Uh, it might not have that, you know, hand wood carved penchette. All right. Uh, maybe I'll have a plastic penchette. You know, it, it's, it's a little cost savings, but guess what? You can upgrade it down the road uh, for the classics and the deluxe. So I can see the... You know, the gameplay is special, and I want everybody to have that special feeling about it. I don't want people to go out there and go, oh, I bought the pro model because I can only afford the pro. But, you know, uh, Black Knight sort of Rage Premium is where it's at. You know, it's like, okay, because it's got the second level. It's got that extra play. It's got, you know... What, what I mean, it, it, it kind of divides your product. You know, I want to give somebody the same thing. Now, that doesn't mean that instead of a set of um, drop targets, I might have stand-up targets. It's still the game, same gameplay. You're just hitting stand-up targets instead of the drop targets. You know, some small, minute stuff. Hey, I'm already looking that the deluxe model of our next game is going to have a mirrored black glass for the, those homeowners. It's going to have that mirrored back glass. It's going to look awesome. You know, I always loved mirrored back glasses. I remember, and it's funny, I talked to operators. Well, yeah, our, our our deluxe model comes with a mirrored back glass. And the, the operators will say, I remember when all the games came with mirrored back glasses. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it, it's one of those things, you know, or side blades, art blades, you know. Operators, like, well, you know, it's got art blades in it. Okay, whip, big whip, you know, it's got that extra seam. That makes you know ties it in instead of black wood, so you know it's 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 that little stuff that makes the game from a classic to a deluxe. But um, I think people are gonna are really gonna be excited about you know what and, and and here's the other thing, I'm not we're not raising the prices. We're not gonna go astronomic. I'm not gonna say here's our new deluxe at fifteen thousand dollars. 
we're going to keep our prices right around the same price range that we've already have. And our classics are going to fall kind of in the same line where Hot Wheels is already at. So we're going to make it kind of fun for everybody and affordable. Right. Okay. And um, um, I just ask you a question on, on that. Um, you're not tempted to go down the, the route of uh, doing a sort of menu of, of upgrades that people can pick from for their game if they're buying it for uh, for home use. You know, you can you can order it with the mirror back glass. You can order it with the hand carved um, chest. You can order it with the metal um, milk milk churn. Uh, you can uh, you know. You, but that's each one of those is priced separately, and you put your order in as uh, as, as some other companies have, have tried. And, and Martin, we looked at that, you know, and, 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 and at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, here we're, we're looking at the number. It's it's like, okay, you can buy a deluxe and, 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 or you buy a classic. And the idea was is that, you know, I'd like to go back and say, you know, Wadini's actually on fire right now with a lot of people uh, buying it, um, including operators in, in, in markets we weren't in. So that was great. But the idea is, is to get the price down a little bit. So I'm thinking that, you know, we might offer it as a classic where we take out some of the toys and then the people can upgrade them later. So think about it. If you if you bought a classic Houdini, if that comes out, I'm just going to use that as a particular. Uh, maybe down the road you could buy, you know, you buy it off an operator, like say five, ten years later, you could probably upgrade it to a uh, deluxe, you know, add on some of the cool little toys. I mean, think about it. Look at all the toys that are on Adam's Family nowadays. You know, you, Adam's Family, you, know, you buy one, it's not $10,000. And you, do you think Williams had all those toys on that game when it came out? No. And here's the other thing. It's all subject. You know, some people may not want that toy on the game. I mean, it's a whole secondary market, which I'm all for. I mean, we have the mod couple. We have all these people making all these cool little mods for their games. You know, hats off to them. They, they're making their games, making my games prettier and uh, making it, you know, fun for people to collect. I mean, you know, you know, not everybody wants Uncle Fester sitting in the chair. Some people do, you know. Mm. Some people don't want the uh, bare rug over the, the lane. Some people do, yeah. you know. Right. Okay. Well, it makes sense. It sounds like uh, if there are, um, uh, is an American pinball web shop, it will be uh, um, a good way to, to sell those items, I yeah. suppose. Well, and, and that's the other thing. We are totally revamping. Well, not totally. We are revamping the American pinball webpage. So we have made it a little bit more user friendly. We're making this. We're going to be wheeling out shortly the new store. It's not available yet. It will be shortly. Um, we will be wheeling out a lot of other cool little features um, that we have done. And one of the features, Martin, that um, which has always been good for us is that our customer service and our support. Let me just talk about this for a second. First of all. I don't know any other manufacturer that sits on, sorry about that guys, hold on one second, sits on pin side and actually watches their threads and goes through the threads trying to help people when they have a problem with American Pinball like my team. So we have Josh Kugler, Joe, uh, and uh, Dave Brennan. They will literally, and our sales guy, uh, Michael Grant, he they will sit on pin side looking through that going, you know, does somebody have a problem with something? Can we help them? 
can we, you know, is there a problem with this? Is there a code update? Is there a bug fix? So they're proactive in that aspect. And one other proactive way we've been is that we have been bringing out service videos. So even when we are not there, say it's two o'clock on a, on, a, on a Saturday night, we're closed for sure, 2 a.m., but a ball gets stuck or something happens to the game, you can go to our website shortly and you can go to our YouTube page and start pulling down all these service uh, videos to help you 30 seconds how to remove the glass 30 seconds how to uh, fix a, a broken you know a rubber or you know whatever there, there's millions of little things but there's a lot of more complex things how to change out a coil and, and how does this work and you know because you know the days of operators and that's the other thing the operators have changed you know yeah. the guy that was an operator 20 years ago he's probably retired now and he was operating games back in the 80s and the 70s okay so a lot of these new guys new technicians new family fun centers uh they have a kid that you know they hired to you know he's a game uh, game repair man but he, all he does is stick tickets in the in the game okay and he, he knows how to change a light bulb and so forth so the idea is to make these videos so that anybody can work on these things it's kind of like we'll teach them how to you know, work on uh, changing out a coil and to diagnose the problem with the board and uh, and so forth. So we're really putting a lot of strengths and structure in our service, our support for operators and collectors, of course, always collectors, and um, just telling people that we have a good game and this is where we're at. Okay. Um Looking at the, um, uh, at, the, at the titles that American Pinball has released so far, Houdini, Oktoberfest, and um, Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, of course, being a, um, a license, but not in the, um, um, well, in the sense that it's sort of become uh, uh, common in pinball, where you take a, a, a movie a title or a TV show title, and um, basically, the storyline is is given, and uh, a game is being developed. And after all the approvals, here's the game, and that's it, uh, that's it. Uh, but it still has that appeal of uh, such license. And now, looking towards uh, upcoming titles, and I'm also curious about the uh, uh, input from uh, Mukesh. Uh, and and Nirmal on this, is the are the themes of of upcoming American pinball titles going to be in the same line, um, um, with with uh, common titles uh, uh, or generic uh, non licensed titles, but still a, a, a theme that people might be familiar with, or are we going to see more licensed titles? Um, uh, okay, well, could you, could, can you comment on that and and? I'll throw this over to Mikesh and Nirmal a little bit too, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back and forth. But let me tell you real quick, Jonathan. So Hot Wheels, I don't know. Have you got to play Hot Wheels yet? I know no. Mark has. COVID happened. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's, it's timing. Timing is terrible. Hot Wheels is based off of Hot Wheels City, a huge YouTube sensational um, TV show, uh, show for kids. 
Okay, so, you know, long are gone are the days of when we woke up on Saturday morning and went in and sat in front of the television and ate cereal and watched cartoons. I mean, long is gone as those days. Um, but YouTube sensations and YouTube, um, there's this thing called Hot Wheel City, and they, they, they have all these, these absolutely cool little TV shows all about Hot Wheels and so forth. That is pretty much uh, kind of a storyline running around Hot Wheels game. But also the imagination of Hot Wheels and what we've always done. And trust me, Hot Wheels is a fully licensed product. If you ask anybody, they're going to say, "Yeah, we, we have a lot of a lot of stuff going on in, in Hot Wheels." And, and and trust me, we had to go through the licensor to get a lot of things approved. The people are like, well, "Why'd you go with that art? Why'd you go with this?" Thing? No, no, it's all the license. Okay, so it's it's very much a licensed title. Um, to that point. We are going to do licensed titles. We will continue to bring out licensed titles. Will we see one in 2021? This is the number one question that I've been asked by many, many people. And I will just, I will refer this back to everybody in the industry. And Martin, uh, you can, you can vouch for me on this. A licensed game takes good part of over a year to develop. Okay, so once you get the license, because you're dealing with the licensor, and to develop that game, it's going to take you a year to develop. Now, Dennis and I, yes, we walked in the door. I walked in the door in December, and Dennis walked in on January 1st, 2021. Uh, so for us to develop, or for Dennis to develop a licensed game, we would have had to start six months before that to bring out one this coming year. So... We will have a licensed game in 2022, probably the spring of 2022. So right now, the next two games coming out from American Pinball will probably uh, will be unlicensed, but it will be a flare of an unlicensed that most people in the industry have never seen. We're, we're pulling out a lot of stops, and I'm kind of happy because we have people like Jack and Sophia and a lot of big names that have joined on with us with the... Not this current title is coming out shortly, but the title after the fall project is going to be pretty big. And when we get things locked down, we will definitely share that with you. But, you know, I think, Mikesh, if you want to touch on this a little bit or normal, you can about license and so forth. We, you know, there is that, you know, we want to be careful about movies and where we come in on that. But I'll let you guys touch on the, the, the licensing. Sure. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you feeling the question my way. Um I just wanted to sort of talk about uh, the learning curve that we went through. Uh, and you touched on this earlier, talking about the various levels of difficulty between Houdini Oktoberfest and then ultimately coming to Hot Wheels. Um, and one thing that we have been finding is that the, uh, the design process, the development process for a pinball machine, when you have a license and when you don't have a license, are very different things. They're very different uh, processes to get them uh, to market and still do it in a way that is uh, within the timelines that the consumer is looking for. And so uh, as we continue doing this, uh, David did accurately state that we are looking into doing a license game uh, at some point next year. But uh, the more and more we start doing uh, these uh, combinations between the licensed and unlicensed themes, what I'm really starting to appreciate is the differences uh, that they bring from a content standpoint. Uh, me, I handle everything that is core technical. And when you look at the engineering of the games, 
it doesn't really change much based on what the content is. But the content, the creative aspects of it, what David is managing, I, I have the utmost respect for him and his team to be able to change directions that they go with on both licensed and unlicensed themes, being very adapt and flexible, uh, and being able to deal with uh, uh, certain approvals, certain uh, challenges that come along the way, uh, and still having a game out the door that is very fun to play. Um, because ultimately, that's the end goal for everyone. And so uh, one thing that I really just wanted to share is, while we are doing a bit of a hybrid approach, what we are finding is that the more we do licensed games, the more we are learning uh, for our unlicensed titles. And the more that we're doing unlicensed themes, the more we're learning for the licensed ones. And I really like the way that we are trending on this topic. I would, I would agree with you, Normal. Okay. Very interesting. Um, is there also a, a family aspect point of view? Uh, where you feel like certain uh, 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 non-licensed games would be more suitable for families, or is that completely not related? Um, there is a there is some relation, but not as much as people normally think. Uh, for instance, Hot Wheel is a fantastic family theme, uh, but there are a lot of licenses that we've been toying with uh, that would really only appeal to certain age groups or certain specific demographics rather than the overarching family. And so uh, we have tried to make our, uh, our games as family-focused as possible. Uh, we tried to make them so that they are enjoyable by all age groups, not just a, a select few, because as Mukesh stated numerous times, his dream is really to get uh, the families involved, to get the children involved, and that's where it really makes a difference to us. Um, and so there is, we have seen some uh, opportunities there, but not really so much as uh, what the common belief may be. And I'll, and I'll share with one thing with you guys too, and I, I think this is is very poignant. Um, earlier this year, or within the last few months of talking with some operators, I had one operator reach out to me and says, I get it with Hot Wheels. He says, when I first saw Hot Wheels, I didn't understand what you're going for. He says, I bought the game you know, because, you know, I know you, Dave, and we want to put the game out on location. We want to see what it does. He says, I put it out in, in, a, in a small little family diner, okay? And I'm thinking, well, let's see what it does. And he says, as I'm setting it up, a young family comes in, okay? And the kids went nuts because they saw Hot Wheels City on the back display. And they're like, those are my, that's my YouTube channel. I like watching, Dad. It led to the parents and the children putting their food order in and putting money in the machine. And when the operator saw that the kids were pushing the parents to put money in the machine, he says, I got it. He says, Dave, I understand exactly why you designed this and who you designed it for. You designed it for the families and you designed it for the kids to get the kids, the new players involved in it. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I think back, you know, Martin, you and I and, and Jonathan, you were there for Expo. You, you remember, we remember the dark days in the early 2000s, you know, and, and the games oh, yeah. weren't really, you know, people weren't getting the games out in locations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was mostly home. Uh, I remember going through a, a store and tour that was pretty dismal. And Martin, you know what I'm talking about. We walked through it and they, it was the empty factory, the empty factory. Yeah, and, and, and I equate, you know, it's funny, 
and, and everybody will tell you, and, and I know I'm going to get some calls from purists on this and so forth, and, and people will say to me, you know, Dave, you know, p- video games killed pinball. Well, there was this little thing called the pinball collection that hit Xboxes and, and Playstations, and people got it from Farsight Studios. You know where I'm going with this, guys. Mm-hmm. And it introduced a whole new set of pinball machines to the this young crowd that were all addicted to video game boxes. Now, what it was, the, the, the rollover is, is they, these kids went out and they're in barcades and they now they see their game that they play at home and now they're playing, you know, uh, Revenge from Mars or, or, or whatever the titles were on. I can't even remember them all back there. And they're playing them and they're playing a lot harder than they did on the actual video game. And they're like, Man, these are these are fun, you know, <laughs> and and then that just kind of raised the awareness of pinball. And I saw people just start taking off, you know. People started playing, you know. It got the young people involved in the pinball. That's your core group. If you we stick to a, a hobby where there's just the older guys, it's just not going to continue to grow. Uh, bringing the the families in, it's going to continue to go. You know, parents are now buying Hot Wheels because they played it on location and now they want to have it for their kids in their basement. Or they're just the world's biggest Hot Wheels collector of all times and they want to have the machine in their basement with all the cars that they've collected since the 1950s when they had the red lines on the tires. And they're part of the Red Line Club. So, I mean, that license is, is, is still gold. Uh, many people, I've had a couple other people in the industry who, you know, said hats off to American Pinball for coming out with Hot Wheels. It's a title that they wanted to do at another manufacturer. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good title. And, it, and it's, it, it's bridging that gap and bringing those families together. So just picking up on the point that you mentioned there, how long before we see the American Pinball Collection from uh, Zen or from Farsight or from uh, the virtual versions of your games? Uh, we're open to talk to them, too. We, we haven't, uh, you know, they haven't reached out to us, but I'm sure, you know, getting Houdini on, on that game is going to be tough, and they're going to say, boy, this is a tough game. And it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a game that's very tough. However, code has helped. People have seen it. And streams, you know, I mean, you can't, you know, think about it. When the, we walked through the dark factory days, Martin and Jonathan, were there such things as streaming pinball machines? Not really. Was there? Was there? You know, tournaments were. Eh, they were around, but they weren't as big. You know, uh, launch parties. Um, there has been so much of a great explosion, and I've been happy to be a part of being there during the dark days and seeing it coming back to light. You know, and I'm kind of happy about that. So. Um, but yes, if Zen Studios wants to do our three titles, let's talk. You know, I have a problem with that. You know, I'll reach out to them too. Um, it's a good point, Martin. Okay. Um, I have a question looking at, um, well, like we said earlier, or um, that you're aiming for the operator market. Now, with Aimtron uh, um, being an uh, American company, uh, but sort of well I, under Indian uh, management, I would say, if if um, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, you um, can. I mean, basically, 
I mean, I don't. I mean, there's American management in there too, uh, Jonathan. It's not like it's solely all Indian. It's 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 the owner is Indian. Just like if um, I'm sure the Dutch pinball guys, uh, the the you know that they're owned by I mean, I think Barry's Dutch. So you know, and uh, when you know they're just. It's at the end of the day, it's the love of the pinball is what they're they're in there for. But you were going to ask a question about operators and um, right. Well, um, obviously, India is not uh, not even comparable to the United States. But um, I am wondering, um, have you thought about uh, uh, designing a game for the Indian operator market? Because India is still a huge country, and I can imagine people may not be in the position to to play pinball uh, at home, um, but more on location. So it could be a potential market, or is pinball non-existent in India? Uh, it's a good question. I would almost refer to uh, to Mikash and Normal on that because. Actually, Go ahead, Normal. This is uh, something that I am finding out uh, as of very recently. Uh, when my wife and I, we went on honeymoon uh, in India uh, because there was a place where she wanted to go. Um, there was a uh, a place in Bangalore that we visited. Um, and somehow she convinced me that it was a good idea to go to the mall. And this was pre-COVID so malls were still okay back then. Um, we went inside, and lo and behold, the first thing that we see is this huge arcade that is there, and they have all all of the games that we would see in a regular Namco arcade. It's all there in this mall in India. And there were even uh, a couple of, of virtual pinball machines. And so what I'm trying to get at is... Uh, this this marketplace that we're seeing is globalizing, and it's globalizing at a very fast rate. Uh, one thing that we are going to see in the very near future is uh, is definitely going to be uh, pinball machines in India, and it's going to happen one because the cost of servicing them will be much cheaper there, and two because it's not going to be something that they have seen before. It's going to be something unique. The kids are going to love it. They're not going to think of it as something as old-fashioned. To them, it'll be quite new, and it'll almost be higher tech than what they're currently utilizing right now. And so it, it's very interesting to see how markets that have not been introduced to pinball before uh, are now being opportune places to start reintroducing it. And this is going to happen all over the world, not just India. So, um, I would like to still. I would like to, um, you know, just make uh, sure we all are on the same page. That for Western, we will build in U.S. only. You know, for Western areas, Western, you know, um, countries. Uh, so there is no chance of uh, you know building in India. That's just to make sure we are on the same page and we are clear because we build American quality. We understand manufacturing. We understand the global sourcing and supply chain. So definitely it will be built in, in a, you know, maybe another division, maybe in Brazil or somewhere, depends on what high-tax countries that David's choice because he is a director of operation. But uh, just to make sure, you know, uh, we will, uh, you know, follow those protocols. Um, second thing is, uh, you know, um, I left, uh, uh, now it's question about management and, and Indian own or something. We all are American and we believe in American culture, uh, you know, um, just to reaffirm that uh, our factories, you look at it, 
it has totally American feel. It's, it's completely nice and clean and rules and regulations and policies and everything. So if you walk in through this, uh, you will not see any kind of uh, a uh, Asian even sense on that factories also. So just to make sure we are on the same you know, understanding. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Oh, no, you're very welcome. I was more wondering, uh, uh, based on your uh, Indian roots, um, whether there would be a possibility, let's say, pinball in India uh, could take off. Uh, you might go with a popular Bollywood license for a game that's only available for India. Um, I don't see that much, honestly. Um, Nirmal and David is optimistic, but... Uh, the reason is two reasons. One is the weather is very cooperative, so people is allowed to go and play on the field, uh, you know, go on real on the street, uh, cricket and those kind of games. So, so it's, it's kind of a, a slow process. Maybe after one decade, um, because you know people have a lot of money. Also, right now, um, India is getting next level uh, to you know the financial income wise, uh, because you know. $7,000 for Indian, you know, um, worker is kind of, they can buy a car over there, you know, they cannot uh, afford the pinball machine, but they need still a lot of infrastructure need. So um, as for my thought process, uh, it's still a long way to go for India to be a, a, a pinball. Yeah, maybe different version. We can find a, a, a better version, $1,000 or something. Um, that's Nirmal's job, not my job. I don't let Nirmal answer that. If you can make a thousand dollar pinball, India will love to buy and there is tons of opportunity. <laughs> oh, sure. Give me all the challenging questions. That's a great idea. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. You're hey, welcome. I'm glad he gave it to you and not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, maybe uh, I gave you guys something to consider and then uh, you figure out what you do with it. But, but Jonathan, to your point, let me just tell you, you know, operators, we're trying all the operators. We are reaching out to operators like we've never had before. You know, we, we you know, if they're in Italy, if they're in, in Dubai, if they're in, in uh, South Africa, we're looking at markets that have been untouched for many, 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 many years. And we are, we are going down those roads and increasing our background with our people that are in those industries um, and showing them, hey, listen, we build a quality machine that will stand up. And, you know, that's the thing. It comes back to the quality of the build. You know, if they can put a machine out, an operator can put a machine out, and he can have it out there and he just goes and collects the money every month for an entire year and he has to wipe it down once, that's, that's money in his pocket. He knows where his money's coming. If he's got to go, and this goes true with redemption machines, they go out and they build a machine, and the guy's got a technician. And trust me, they keep logs of all the times they have to go and fix the machine. And if it's if it's making X and they're paying this guy so much, it's almost like you know what? There's a reason Dave Buster's and all these other guys stop buying from certain manufacturers because their games are too high maintenance. Pinball was always considered too high maintenance, but now with the advent of you know, and I'm going to say sounds so cliche saying this. With the advent of LED bulbs, okay, think about it. Uh, you know, I think it's the best thing for operators out there because you know, how many times did operators in the two thousand early two thousands change out the bulbs, and you see a, a Stern machine or another pinball machine? Not saying it's just Stern, but any of the pinball machines, and after two years they have two light bulbs on there. 
you know, it's like, okay, the machine's dark, you know, you can't play it, you know, it's it's been being built. But if a game is well lit and it's playing well and it's good quality, oh, you know, operators don't mind that. They they want to buy something that they're going to get an ROI. And we give them a great playing game that, you know, if the rubber, let's say if the rubber was uh, falling apart or is cheap and it looks like it dissolved within six months, what's that tell you about them? You know, you know, the, the, Kind of puts a bad mark on you. So we want to make sure that the operator and the home guy, because if we make it strong enough for the operator, the home guy is going to love it because it's going to last. So Right. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, well, um, unless you have any other questions you want to ask Jonathan. Um, I think no, I, th I'm, I, I think I got all my questions answered. Yeah, great. Well, we can thank uh, Mikesh, Noble, and David for taking time out and, uh, and giving us a... Well, a very good um, description of uh, American pinballs, uh, past, future, and present operations. So thank yes. you, guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon and look forward to the release of game number four um, whenever that, that comes along. So thanks. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. And there you have it. Uh, yeah, exclusive so interesting, eh? Exclusive interview with uh, um, American Pinball Management, as we uh, as, as we can call it, and um, uh, yeah, it's very interesting, and it's going to be an exciting month, um, as we might see a new game from American Pinball. Oh yeah, I think it's almost certain, and uh, yeah, team now going to be very busy getting that game launched, as well as uh, continuing to build the uh, existing Hot Wheels games and and the remakes of uh, Houdini. Right, okay. Now, in terms of that new game, do you have any idea what it could be? Um, well, what I know, what I'm told, is that the junior designers who, have, uh, who are working under Dennis as uh, a senior game designer, they are both, at least two of them, um, and they are both from the sort of homebrew um, pinball developer uh, community. Right, which is also where Josh Kugler, American Pinball's Absolutely. programmer, is coming from. Yes, he, he produced uh, the Kugler family pinball and uh, and another one after that, there, which temporarily escapes me. But uh, but yes, that um, he was, uh, and of course that was a, a P Rock game, as in uh, as indeed are American Pinball's games, as we we discussed. At least they are up till up until now. Right. So uh, it would make sense that uh, from the P Rock community. Uh, they they bring in some more design development effort from from uh, the the pool of talent that is out there, um, but um, so far kept uh, relatively small scale, so they can break into the big time. Right. Okay. So um, I've seen some rumors, or I've uh, actually seen one title being rumored. I'm not sure whether there's any truth to that, but um, since we're also looking back at the month of May, I think it's safe to say that that title has been rumored in during the month of May. Okay, do you want to tell us what that, what that rumour is? Yes, that Although title we don't really is rumors, uh, Legend of Valhalla, uh, which is uh, designed by Scott Gullock yeah. um, from Riot Pinball. Yes, and of course and he, also, he also was, well, his first, I think his, his earlier game was uh, Wrath of Olympus. Yeah, which, that, was, uh, that was really an effort. Wow. That, well, that was, that was very close to actually going into production, wasn't it? I think they, they put a I call out to see how they... they discussed with, uh, with, spooky with Spooky Pinball, yeah, and they, they, they couldn't make it work at the time. No, they needed a number of um, commitments, and I don't think they quite managed to, to hit the target they needed in order to actually go ahead and manufacture it. But, you know... 
Right. Maybe that's different now at, at American Pimple. For those who are not familiar with Rather of Olympus, um, I think that's probably the, the, the most packed wide-body game I've ever seen. It was uh, pretty impressive, I think, the amount, amount that was in that game. It has uh, a, a nine-shot fan layout with an upper play field and uh, uh, everything. It really, really squeezed as much into what they could put into that cabinet um, as you can probably imagine. So uh, that was actually a, a, a very good effort, I would say, but probably a bill of materials that uh, yeah. that just makes it impossible. Although. Um, Oh, it's good to say, and also I don't think uh, American Pinball would be uh, be going into wide body games as they're trying to standardise all their, their their cabinets and back boxes onto a single platform now. Right. Well, they did a wide body game. Oktoberfest was a wide body, but um, probably not the success that they were hoping for. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. So never say never. Mm. So okay. Well, um, if it's any of those two titles, and if Scott is working for them, good luck, um, Scott. And if it's something else, then we'll find out soon enough. Absolutely. Yep, later this month, hopefully. So, um, that's the, uh, I think that's the news we have from uh, American Pinball. So, uh, we better move on to our second headline, which was all about the launch of a new game. A yes. definite launch of a new game. Yeah, The Mandalorian, uh, a Star Wars-themed uh, a pinball machine, another one, I would say. Yep. Um, the Mandalorian is a, a TV show which is airing on the uh, Disney Plus channel. So you have to be a subscriber or uh, have a subscription in order to watch it. Um, uh, apparently, it's a very popular show. Um, I have never seen it. No, nope, um, not me. And... Um, I did watch the uh, the videos of uh, Jack Danger playing the, um, uh, the the premium or the limited edition model, and uh, last night he played the uh, the pro model as well. Yes, I saw the premium one. I, I didn't get around to watching the pro one yet. Well, I haven't right. got around to it yet. So it's a it's a fast playing game. Um, mm. there's, there's quite a bit into it, and um, much to my delight, they actually. Um, with, especially with Dwight on code, uh, things might get complicated or complex. Um, but it appears to me that um, they actually try to, to keep it simple for those who are not into the deep rule sets. Um, and it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a very fast-playing game, um, which I think a lot of people are going to enjoy. The only... Um, well, the big disappointment for me is that uh, they, they put this this big um, uh, Grogu yeah. toy in the game, uh, which is which everybody's referring to as Baby Yoda, um, yeah. and it's just it's just to. static. It doesn't do anything. On the on the premium and limited edition, there's a magnet below it, and uh, so so supposedly Baby Yoda is toying with the ball, but um, I have to give credit to Canada in this case, uh, who, who showed a twenty dollar uh, 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 toy, uh, which which has uh, eyelids that are moving, ears that are moving, and and um, I mean, if 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 it's why why would it be too uh, too much to put 
such a game, such a toy in the game, and uh, you probably could have gone easily to a thousand limited editions and have sold them all. That's that's the way who, that I'm reasoning right now. You know, um, I don't think, aside from um, Rudy in Funhouse, I don't, and and the, the the two similar heads in the Red and Tats. Roadshow. I don't think mm-hmm. we've seen any animated or, or animatronics uh, in pinball. Basically, this is just a throwback to X Men. Uh, well, it's, it's worse than that. It's not even a bash toy, is it? it? The ball doesn't even interact with it at all. Right. Well, only with the magnet that that uh, when it's on that upper play field or whatever, whatever it is. Well, the magnet is on on the on the ground level, um, right. and there's the the sort of Effectively, it kind of grabs the ball and, and um, feeds it to the to the mini play field on the pro and the, the well. In fact, all of them. But right. uh, whether it's a, well, it's actually a mini play field in the premium and then the, and it's just another area. It's a sort of sectioned off area of the main play field on the pro. Right. Um, so I suppose that's kind of like Grogu grabbing the ball, but it's a bit it's a bit weak, isn't it? Really, considering yeah. what could have been done with it. And oh, it, yeah. it is. It is just, uh, no, even on. Um, well, I'm thinking of uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. At least the, 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 the troll there jumped up and down, did something, and was a bit active. Right. Whereas uh, on this one, it just sort of, as you say, sits there, does nothing. Right. Um, yeah, rather disappointing. No, well, uh, I mean, uh, just a little more detail. As you said, Dwight Sullivan's leading up the software. Tom Capera is the lead mechanical engineer on the game. And, of course, Brian Eddy is uh, the, the lead designer on the game. Right. I don't even mention that before. So this is Brian's second game for Stern after Stranger Things, right? And um, yeah, uh, as I say, uh, the, the, another Star Wars um, franchise, which uh, which Stern have done countless ones of so far in various different versions, right? And um, they also have a, a very very uh, positive relationship with uh, with Disney as far as uh, working on Star Wars games goes, right? Although they always, seem to, they always seem to complain every time about how difficult it is to get authorised or get clearance on all the assets. But uh, it doesn't seem to stop them going back and doing doing more. Right. So either Stern likes to drive their uh, designers crazy, <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe it was uh, easier this time working with Disney with The Mandalorian. Um, um, I do have to say, and uh, th- th- that's one thing um, that... that Sort of surprising. Um, aside from the uh, um, uh, the game layout, which I think Brian Eddy did a fantastic job, and um, there there's uh, some some cool um, uh, innovation uh, innovations with with the the the, the mini playfield that actually uh, changes pitch and uh, on the limited edition and, and, mm-hmm. and so on. So there was one um, one thing that that sort of raised my eyebrows with uh, the Mandalorian, uh, especially it being a, uh, a Disney theme uh, or, or uh, license. Some, some license, yes. Um, and that's the graphic nature of uh, the video assets in the game. Um, I don't think we've seen that many uh, kills uh, um, in, a, in a pinball machine uh, before. And, um, I mean... But they're fairly they're, graphic, aren't they? Rather yes. Than, as opposed to like Star Wars, where you're shooting stormtroopers and you never actually see any blood or never see any people right. just collapse onto the ground, and that's right. about it. And now there's this uh, um, uh, this this mud uh, 
uh, monster, I forgot the name, what it is, uh, the, 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 whatever it is. Um, uh-huh. And after you beat it, it's basically, uh, it's, just, uh, it's being killed uh, and, and sliced open with a knife and what have you. And I'm like, why would you even, I mean, okay, you, you, you beat the animal, great, but um, does it have to be that graphic? Hmm. <laughs> Well, hopefully there's a there's a family setting for it then. Um, yeah, and, and maybe it's, it's just me all. being European. I don't know, um, and um, or maybe that's not the, not so much a big of a deal in America. I don't know. Well, it doesn't sound very Disney esque, does it? To no. uh, to depict that that kind of that level of violence, but uh, <laughs> not, not very Peter Panish, Pinocchio, no. uh, Snow White. No, I guess the, the Mandalorian is a is a different genre altogether, and. Uh, goes in a slightly different direction. So right, yeah, well. right. So and and aside from all that, mm. I mean, if you just look at the Mandalorian, there's this guy which that has this mask on. Yeah. What if his nose itches? <laughs> or how is he supposed to be eating or drinking? I haven't seen it. I don't know whether he wears it all the time, whether he wears that helmet thing all the time or whether uh, well, there's a visor or, or what, what there is in it. But, uh, so probably somebody who's, who's more knowledgeable about, about the, uh, the franchise and has actually watched it would be able to fill us in on that. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, okay, but, still yeah, can't wait to, to play the game. And I think yeah. um, um, uh, Brian Eddy and his team did a wonderful job. Let, let's be completely clear about that. Um, apart, apart from the Grogu model, maybe. But, uh, yeah. But... But there are some add-ons available for the game. If you want, if you want to make it uh, a little more bling, you can get a, a, a customized uh, shooter knob. Uh, you can get side art, which is uh, sort of styled like the the, uh, the, the weapon, the rifle type uh, device that uh, Mandalorian uses. And you can get also get some uh, stylized inner cabinet art, which uh, you can stick onto the uh, onto the plain sides of the cabinet on. Uh, I guess the the the, uh, the pro at least I can't remember whether the the premium has any. I think it probably doesn't, but the the LED does. I'm yeah. Sure. So uh, speaking of art, uh, we didn't mention it yet. Uh, art by Randy Martinez. Yes, that's right. Yeah, who who does most? Well, does nearly all the Star Wars work for uh, for Stern. I guess uh, he's uh, sort of he's uh, approved by Disney, I suppose, to, to kind of do all this, this stuff rather than have to, to go through the, the whole approval process each time with a new artist. Right. So, and, uh, uh, so Randy uh, and he always, always produces excellent work, So and, oh, yeah. and, uh, and The Mandalorian is no different. Right. So, um, and Stern, uh, well, they had some international uh, um, um, promotion going on as well, as they do every year. Um, they went to the yeah. uh, Chinese um, uh, import and export fair in uh, Guangzhou, which is in China. Very good. Right. And um, um, if I've been informed correctly, they had a, uh, a booth with Avengers Infinity Quest, Star Wars comic art, and Jurassic Park uh, for um, uh, attendees of the show to play. And they, uh, this is uh, more of a um, trade show for uh, operators, distributors, and so on. So uh, it's not so much for the uh, common public. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And um, what's more. what's actually interest, interesting to note is that um, I understood from um, our uh, dear friend uh, Mike Kalinowski uh, from uh, Homepin that Stern mm-hmm. actually does have uh, printed flyers at these shows 
in Chinese. So if you're collecting flyers, I suppose those are the <laughs> ones that you really want for your collection. Yeah. Because those are the very rare ones. Might be difficult to go over to uh, to China and actually collect them. Right. Um, pick, pick them up in person these days. But uh, hopefully they, um, Stern would be able to uh, provide some at some point, which would be, be nice. And I'm interested to see nice, them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also interested to see what, what the price point is for the game out there as well. So far, what I've understood is that the games are, are uh, rather expensive. And I think you have to think about, like, like um, um, well, let's say... Um, Premium pricing, what what in America would be premium pricing um, uh, as a minimum, I suppose. But then again, I haven't seen the numbers from the last show. Um, I'm just going by what I heard from previous shows. So maybe they changed in the meantime. Okay. Well, some uh, some more stern pinball news and uh, congratulations to the company as they have been selected for the 2021 Best of Elk Grove Village Awards uh, in the uh, in the manufacturers category. Right. And um, apparently they have this every year. They have the Elk Grove Village Award Program, and uh, they they award um, companies who are located within Elk Grove Village, according to various categories. And this year, um, Stone Pibble won in the manufacturers category. Okay, now I so, don't want to rain on your parade, but <laughs> seriously, uh, Elk Grove Village isn't that big of a city. I mean, this sounds like an award that's been given to an, uh, any company every five years or something just to keep them happy. Well, you say it's not that big. I mean, how many how many cities do you know that has two pinball manufacturers? You know? Oh well, if you go back, I mean, Game Plan was also based in Elk Grove Village, so Elk Grove Village has a pinball history, uh, as does the the entire Chicago suburbs. But mm-hmm. then still, I mean, it's not like uh, uh, they they found a cure for cancer and they got an award for that. <laughs> no. No, well, uh, but it's still still nice to be recognised. Oh yeah, and, sure, uh, okay, and, but this, and hopefully, you know, help publicise pinball to the wider community who may not be, yeah, be aware that there even any, are pinball manufacturers in Elk Grove Village. I mean, aside from anybody that got that press release, probably nobody knows about this award, and nobody well, cares. I, I have to admit, I did search for details of the Elk Grove Village uh, Award Program, and I couldn't find anything recent about it at all. And there were certain no press releases from the, the organisers about right. who, who had won this year. So, um, I don't know, maybe Stern were, were quick off the mark to uh, to get their press release out before the organisers did. But uh, it doesn't seem to be a, a hugely um, visible award programme, should we put it that way. At so least, why uh, are we talking so- like for five minutes about an award that really nobody cares about? Okay. Well, anyway. Because we don't know who's going to win it next Moving. Year. No, nobody be- cares who's going to win it because it doesn't do anything for you. You win the award and now what happens? Life goes on and nothing changed. <laughs> so, oh, I'll, I'll bear that in mind next time you win a Twippy. Um, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on. Um, Stern Pinball, actually, uh, with all the uh, the focus on launching the, the Star Wars The Mandalorian, uh, didn't release any new game code this month. So right. we can't bore you to death with that. Thank God. Although... So, no, 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 sorry. No. Okay, so moving on to our um, third headline. Yep. Haggis Pinball in Australia sold uh, out of their Mermaid edition of the uh, Fathom Revisited uh, game. 
which means they sold uh, all 250 uh, available units. There was a, yeah. a, a timed a period in which people could order, which I didn't get, and I also didn't get why it limited to 250. But um, that's what they did, and um, uh, if you didn't order one, then you missed out, or maybe you can find one with a uh, distributor, although the games were quite pricey, so um, not sure how many distributors would um, actually jump in. I got the feeling this was more of a um, an effort for the Australian market, so to speak. Yeah, although it's, um, it's it's Australian and America, I think, because the game's being being shipped to Planetary Pinball uh, in in the US as uh, as an alternative pickup point, and then it'll be shipping on from from there. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there are international uh, distributors who will be selling the game. The uh, the um, the classic edition, as uh, as it was called, was was priced at nine thousand five hundred US uh, Australian dollars, which is uh, about seven thousand four hundred US. Dollars, uh, the limited edition Mermaid edition was uh, eleven thousand five hundred US uh, Australian dollars, I should say, which was just shy of nine thousand US dollars, uh, plus plus uh, whatever taxes and shipping you have to apply on top of that. I don't know whether there are any import duties on pinball from Australia into the US. Um, or indeed to any other countries, but uh, if there are, that that has to be added on top. But right. uh, yeah, as you said, there was a four-week window for uh, for orders, and um, right up to the last minute, Damien was uh, was producing videos saying, you know, that don't forget, only twenty-four hours left on the on the pre-order window of uh, the Mermaid edition, and uh, it is limited to two hundred and fifty. And then uh, when, when, as soon as the window closed, all two hundred and fifty were sold apparently. Right. Okay. So either uh, they were all sold before, or. Uh, and uh, this was just a bit of publicity, or a lot of people um, dived in right at the end in order to get to secure their place. Right. Either so. way, congratulations to, to Damien and the, and the team at Haggis on uh, on selling that out. They're going to have to make uh, a lot of new pinballs, and uh, and to do that, as, uh, as we said, they got their their new facility um, being set up. And I haven't seen anything much of that other than just like uh, a corner of, of an office or something. Well, out over the street. I think in one of the uh, the videos, uh, Damien was walking around. I think it's a, a two story building, and um, it's quite a large facility uh, where they are uh, at. So, um, and they're they're obviously in the process of of uh, moving in and getting uh, everything set up. Right. Yeah. And uh, obviously, this is more than just uh, just Damien working on this. There's uh, he has to put together a team in order to produce this game, and he's been introducing us to members of that of that team in a, a series of videos that are available on Facebook and on, on on the Haggis Pinball YouTube channel. The first of those videos is with music director Casey Dean, who I would assume is is rescoring the original sounds for the game and uh, and producing the soundtrack that will be in the. Uh, in the alternative rule set version, right. available currently only available in the Mermaid edition, but yeah, but interesting to see whether that changes at some point. And the second video is with uh, creative director Scott Seedsman. So uh, yeah, quite a team they're putting together there for uh, for the, the build of the uh, the Mermaid um, and the uh, classic editions of uh, Fathom Revisited. Right. Okay. Well, uh, plenty of work uh, to do for uh, for Haggis Pinball, but we're happy for them and. Um 
Absolutely. If you if you get in on a game, I'm happy for you as well. Okay, so let's uh, let's head back to uh, to Elk Grove Village where we were um, to to a company which didn't win the award this <laughs> year. Took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, probably going to be in, in the running for it next year, given the success of uh, the Guns N' Roses title. Um, yeah, Jersey Jack Pinball. Right. They they have uh, well. There's, Bunch of sort of uh, fairly fairly minor news items, but uh, with no new game launches expected or uh, planned for quite some time now. I don't think with all the all the orders they have in for Guns and Roses, which are going to keep them busy for for some time. But there have been some uh, well, I suppose ongoing issues with the playfield. Um, it's kind of like the adhesion between the clear coat and the wood, and you no, know, Jersey Jackman were not the only company to have issues of that kind. Right. But uh, maybe uh, I think they're given the given the sort of premium nature of the like the collector edition and the limited edition of uh, of the Guns and Roses title and and earlier titles as well. Um, the the buyers of those games are uh, getting quite vocal about ongoing problems with uh, parts of the the artwork and parts of the clear code chipping away and um, basically being coming loose. From the playfield, right? In, after not that many games have been played, right? So, um, what's interesting to note is that um, uh, with with uh, when such issues arose uh, a couple of years ago, um, people were uh, uh, looking for a solution in um, uh, using either a different clear code or, uh, like Stern did, um, mm. no longer uh, uh, printing. Uh, around the post area, so so that the clear can uh, attach directly to the wood instead of having ink in between it. Um, but there are some some uh, voices out there that say that the current problems uh, on on Guns N' Roses are caused by um, the, the, the 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 force uh, with. Uh, which is used to actually uh, 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 put these uh, posts in mm. and yeah. uh, and screw them down. And apparently, there's a, I think, it's, it's, one can assume that there is a hydra- hydraulic uh, drill being used. Uh, but if there's only one setting on it, which is full speed or nothing, um, that might be the uh, um, uh, part of the problem. Yeah, well, as we know, as we, we were talking to uh, to David and uh, about this over at American Pinball earlier, and no, they they don't really understand why other companies have the problems because uh, the company that they're using Beta to to make their playfields doesn't seem to have that issue, and they're the same company that, that produces playfields for Spooky Pinball, uh, as I understand, and Spooky don't have that problem, yeah. so it's 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 solvable. I think it's just a question of uh, working out what the problem really is and, and how to address it. Right. Or um, uh, what also could be the problem, uh, looking for the solution in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, quite possibly. There's a number of factors involved, as, as, uh, as David was saying. Is it the, is it the wood? Is it the, the, heat, the, the, uh, the glue that they use to, to, to glue the plies together? Is it uh, the treatment they put on it? Is it uh, the the inks that they're using now? Is it the clear they're using now? You know, there are a number of factors, and it may not just be one one of those which is causing it. It could be a combination. But right. uh, it, 
But it is a real problem, and uh, really, you know, it's once you've sent the game out, what can you do to to uh, to rectify it right. if, if these problems occur? You know, are you going to send people a whole new playfield? Well, if you send them a blank playfield, you expect them to do a playfield swap because that's not realistic. If you send them a populated playfield, that's going to cost a fortune. Um, and you can't send them a whole new game either, I wouldn't have thought, because that could cost even more. So you know, once the game's out there, they and, and obviously the pressure is on in order, when they've got a lot of orders in for, for a game to get get them delivered to the buyers, what do you do? Do you, do you right. halt production and say, right, okay, well, well, come on, guys, no more games until we sorted this out? Right. So uh, one of the solutions that I heard was being offered was that, uh, in this case, Jersey Jack Pinball, offered buyers of their game uh, basically uh, to buy their game back. Um, but, I well, there's two sides to that. Um, uh, if we have to believe Canada, um, nobody's going to do that because uh, these games currently sell for over $20,000. So, um, These are the collector you, editions. Yes. yes if, uh, so why would you go for a refund if you basically miss out on, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a possible profit of $8,000. Uh, mm. On the other hand, I also heard that that offer already is no longer on the table because too many people were asking for a refund. <laughs> so I'm at this point, I don't know what to believe. Um, and at Jersey Jack, um, although I have to say I didn't reach out, but I did see... Uh, that other people reached out and basically they're not commenting on the situation. No, that's been their, their, uh, their position all the way through, I think. And, yeah. uh, think and, that, and, and, and other companies... To, to, to an extent, I can understand that they say that, well, it's only a small portion of the games that are being affected, so why make it a... a, a um, you don't have to communicate about it in press releases and what have you. Um, but the people that are suffering... Um, or having this problem. Yeah, yeah, they're very vocal about it. And, right. And understandably so. You know, if they just get their new game and, and pretty pretty soon they have run into problems with it, then it's it's not surprising that they uh, they want to make that position known and in order, in order to try and get some, some action. Right. Well, I haven't heard Slash complain yet. <laughs> no, true. Although I have, I've heard people suggest that they, they write to Slash and... Uh, and uh, make him aware of the problem that other buyers are having, which seems a little on the juvenile side. But uh, I'm not sure if that's the way. But oh. no. So anyway, anyway, yeah. So moving on, um, Jersey Jack yeah. Pinball are uh, opening a new merchandise store. Uh, it's not open yet, or at least as of the date of this recording, at the beginning of uh, June. But uh, if you go to pinballwizard.com, you will see a, um, a holding page, I suppose. <laughs> the best thing you can you can put on there, and um, that holding page invites you to sign up with your email to be notified when the store goes live. So right. I think they will be selling a whole bunch of various items, including uh, things like toppers for the games, starting with uh, a Guns N' Roses one, I think. Right, but um, I think uh, well, this is a rather um, unexpected move, I would say, because when Guns N' Roses was uh, announced. I think just Jack just opened their own web shop. Yeah, I think they're, they're moving to a more, more. Um, this is this, 
this this system or this shop is being run by Shopify on on their behalf, or it's being hosted on Shopify on the Shopify platform. Right. So I guess they're they're trying to sort of kick it up a notch and make it a bit more you know exciting and 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 uh, get the publicity for it, which uh, you know and the Stern have been very successful with their store, so it uh, it makes sense to for, for Jersey Jack people to try and do the same thing. Right. Okay. Well, good luck to them. And, oh, um, one of the things they might or haven't been on there because it's uh, probably already sold out by now was. Uh, was the latest in their series of factory finds. Right. And that was... Um, a, well, bunch of, a bunch of white-body cabinets, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. That's is, correct. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, probably is uh, crushing some dreams for people, I suppose. Uh, because well, that might indicate that we're not going to see uh, a white-body game from Jersey Jack anytime in the near future. And it probably also indicates that we're not going to see a rebuild of Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a white-body. That's true, yeah, and they were being sold relatively cheaply, I'd have thought, especially if you were looking to, to yeah. uh, do a homebrew game. dollars uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, very, very good value. I assume, I, well, I assume, I don't, I don't know, was that just the, the cabinet, not the back box? I, I suppose it was the entire thing. Uh, that's the only number I saw, so... Right, okay. Well, even so, good value for a... Uh, a brand new cabinet and a wide body one at like that, so with plenty of material in there. So yeah. if you were, I don't know if there are any left. I don't think there are. I think they all sold out very, very quickly. Right. And that was my my recollection. It was a, a while ago, at the beginning of the month, I think. So uh, anyway, worth right. having a look. And uh, there's no no uh, no reason to to think that they won't find a few more hidden away in in a corner somewhere under a blanket. Right. So um, and then in other news uh, from Josie Jack, uh, they did have some code updates. I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I certainly did. They've uh, and credit to the company. They've been going back and and retrofitting the some of the um, the new features they've added to the, their very latest games. So um, on May the eleventh, they announced version three point one one for the Hobbit, which adds the Bluetooth, uh, Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi connectivity and the Scorbit integration as well. You might remember Scorbit was. Uh, is the uh, sort of online scoring system and and tables and um, I suppose almost like a remote control for the game over the over the internet and um, that's that's become very popular and has been added now to the Hobbit the uh, the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth will both need a suitable dongle to be installed but those are those are pretty cheap items you can pick up in, in numerous places uh, it also adds. Um, a thing which we spoke about last month, the, the the beta program, beta program, opt-in option allows you to get uh, new code while it's still in development before it's actually released to the wider public, and then you can you can uh, issue you know, or you can send in your comments, thoughts, uh, bug um, bugs that you've noticed, and uh, they hopefully get picked up before the final release version comes out. So that's an option as well. Mm-hmm. And hot off the press, just today, I think. Um, the Wizard of Oz also got Wi-Fi and Scorbit integration added in version 7.03. Right. I mean, that's really good to see uh, the very first game being supported. Okay, they haven't got a huge back catalogue, but to go to go back to the very first title and have that um, is great. So all, all those games can now be, uh, be added to uh, connected to the wi- Wi-Fi uh, for software updates and to integrate with Scorbit. So uh, good news there. And also, right. Guns N' Roses, 
that um, obviously the current game that, that got a version 1.22 on the 17th of May um, mainly just uh, bug fixes and some camera adjustments and tests and all that stuff was also made available for Willy Wonka uh, on the very same day version 1.37 of the code there adds the uh, the, the camera adjustments and, uh, and, and enhanced tests right. so, uh, so that's new code for well, everything I think pretty much okay. from, uh, for Jersey Jack Right, okay. So, in the meantime, um, you might have heard my phone ringing as you... Um, oh, no. Really? Uh, I, I suppose, uh, saved by the bell, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with all your code updates. Um, it's our good friend Gary Flower calling in. Let's see what Gary has to say. Yeah, for once, let's do. Hello, Gary. Hi, Gary. Uh, we'd like to order some cocktails, please. What? What say? Yeah. No, hang on, I need to turn my phone off. Oh. And he's off again. I think this is this qualifies probably as an accidental call or something like that. Yeah, a butt dial, I think, is what it's sometimes referred to, is where you sit on your phone and accidentally call someone. Hmm. Uh, sounds, like he's, sounds like he's on the beach somewhere nice. Um, oh, good for him. Well, it's lovely weather today, um, certainly in the UK it is, anyway. Yeah, he's asking uh, for cocktails, so... Yeah, well, he's always, he's, always, he's always asking for cocktails, I mean... Uh, that doesn't indicate anything, but yes, it's it's good cocktail weather. So uh, let's hope you managed to get one then, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with Gary and find out uh, all the latest on yeah. the pinball so and cocktail. Th- th- no point in calling him back now because obviously with all these cocktails. Uh, wow! Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he, he might let something slip that he didn't intend to uh, about yeah. uh, what's what's upcoming on various. Right. Uh, anyway, so. we'll, we'll 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 hear more from Gary another time. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to, well, pick a company, I would say. Well, we haven't quite finished uh, with, oh. uh, with, with uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. Oh, my God. No, I know. Because uh, amongst all the, the code updates, um, there was also new terms and conditions uh, which were published for what happens if you connect your game to the Internet. Ooh. And if something happens as a result of you doing that... Um, it's quite interesting reading if you're a bit of a geek, I suppose, like 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 what I is. Uh, then you can uh, you can go through it, and, and one of one of the paragraphs says it is possible, although extremely unlikely, that use of the service that is the connecting to the internet uh, and JJP servers could leave your game in a completely inoperable and or unrecoverable state, commonly known as bricked. Um, and then it says, in the event that that, that, that their technical support can't help you, um, they will their remedy will be to send you a new solid state drive uh, at their expense and ask you to send the old one back at, also at their expense. So, uh, so that that's something which could happen. Uh, no compensation will be offered. Um, and also, it says, as uh, connecting to the service, the machine may transmit certain usage information for analysis by Jersey Jack Pimble, including but not limited to machine audits values machine adjustment values, error logs, and operating system logs. Although it does go on to say uh, that any data transmitted to Jersey Jack Pinball is done anonymously and does not correlate to you as a user or an account holder. So, but come on, it's interesting that uh, the games are sending back uh, usage data back to the manufacturers now. I can see Jonathan's interested by this. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Also interesting that uh, they do specify that... um, Machines shipped by Jersey Jack Pinball contain a camera for in-game entertainment use and high score recognition. 
Uh, but the Jersey Jackman will specifically stipulate that no information recorded by the camera will be transmitted over the internet to uh, to their service or servers in any way. So uh, don't be worried about uh, adding internet connectivity and the camera information being sent because uh, it's not even though some some minor stuff about how the machine is set up and used uh, will be sent. Okay, with uh, whether you. I don't think you have a way of opting out of that, so that happens automatically. Hmm. Okay. That's it? That's it. Go on. Move on. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, uh, um, and a, uh, a Guns N' Roses topper, uh, where we briefly mentioned it, uh, mm-hmm. likely to be uh, revealed soon. Yes. Uh, not the only topper which uh, might be available for Guns N' Roses. I, I do know of another company also working on a, a topper which would be uh, very... Very attractive and, and has amazing light displays, which would uh, work very well on top of uh, Guns N' Roses as well as a number of other rock game, uh, rock themed games. But okay. uh, we'll have more on that later, I'm sure. Okay, so as I was saying, uh, pick a company. Okay, well, we, yes. May was the time we were waiting for a, an update from Deep Root Pinball. Oh, uh, yes. They did promise to do a, a mid mid-May update, and they did. kind of kind of mid-May, a little bit late, but mid-ish, and um, well, basically it didn't contain any information much uh, about the progress, other than there are, saying there are continuing delays, shortages of parts, and, and have difficulty finding labour in order to uh, start well, building games. In their defence, uh, there are shortages uh, of parts, and there is a, a, a chip shortage as well, and uh, so... Yes, um, that is an issue. Um, it is. It's an issue that's affecting all companies. and uh, So I don't think we should necessarily hold that against Deep Blue, although one would have hoped that by now they would have had most of the parts in for some time, ready to build the games. Right. So, um, well, but, in case... But uh, as, yeah, as part of that, it's probably worth saying, as part of that update, one thing that they did offer was um, to refund uh, the so-called non-refundable deposit payments or indeed full game payments that people had made for Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. Uh, you could either pre-order it, pre-order, I suppose all, all the orders are pre-orders, you could either uh, do a deposit um, or pay a deposit or you could pay the whole game cost up front. Um, they are offering refunds on those if buyers um, are fed up of, uh, of waiting any longer. Uh, there was no timescale given on when those would be uh, made, those, those uh, refunds, and it's simply said that refunds will be processed in the order in which they're received. Um, so whether the, there is various speculation about whether this is indicating that Deep Root are trying to get out of building Raza entirely by refunding all, the, all those who actually bought the game or whether they're looking to make a smaller number, or whether they think they can make more money by reselling uh, those people who ask for a refund and resell those games at, at full cost, which um, was, was significantly more than the price which uh, pre, pre-orders were, were taken at. So, well, At this point, we still have to see whether they will actually be able to build any games. Um, I do know a company that has a possibility to do third-party manufacturing, Mm, yes, have a, have several lines set up, I think, in order to to make different games. So, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll see whether anything happens on that. But uh, it, uh, you know, if if 
it's been an indication, I suppose, of, of how committed Deep Root are um, to not only designing their own games, but also manufacturing them. And as we know, those are two very different uh, skill sets. Right. Okay. Um, that actually brings me to another company that also has announced games, but not yet built them. Um, uh, which is a company that we don't talk about in every uh, episode, but mm-hmm. in this case, so there's a good reason to. Uh, Pinball Adventures. Yes. And uh, they playing, announced. Playing for the Pony Factory. Yes. Know. So, and the, uh, well, so they announced uh, the Pony Factory to be, um, uh, well, it should be in production by now and uh, uh, out there, but isn't. Um, yet they already announced uh, their second title, which is called Elements. They did that uh, by posting a teaser on uh, uh, YouTube, um, explaining uh, the, the, the design philosophy about the game and, uh, uh, well, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a video in, uh, I would almost say, typical um, Pimble Adventures fashion, but uh, more bearable than the ones for uh, Punny Factory. Yeah, I actually found it to be hugely annoying in a way. Um, not, not because of anything that was that was in it. It's simply because they had this kind of wizard guy who's meant to be speaking the lines of, or commentating on the on the video. Right. But he's not saying the words that we're hearing. No. No. I originally thought it was lip sync that was out, but no, then no, I no. quickly realised he's actually saying something completely different. And yeah, you can they, they you just. Got the visits from somewhere who's just uh, yeah rumbling about something completely else, and they use that footage and as well as various pictures. I think which, some of which I recognise. Of very uh, very poor attempts of uh, deep faking, I would say. Yeah, yeah, weird weird thing to do, but um, yeah, it's it's quite a long video. So um, yeah, it's, uh, over six minutes. So um, it, it does actually go into quite some depth about uh, the the sort of basics of the rule set for the game. Actually, I, I will go as far as saying that it actually looks like an interesting game. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Um, kind of kind of familiar, similar in a way to um, to the Mandalorian, I thought, in that there were like three, oh. three, char- or three zones of which you have to collect five different items or, or collect the five elements from each, for each of the characters. That was the idea. So it's like... Just like on the Mandalorian, you've got three inserts and then something the smaller inserts around them as you complete the modes for them or complete the uh, the features. Same kind of thing, I think, for elements. Right. Yeah, I th- um, I found there were some uh, elements, no pun intended, uh, that reminded me of uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. That was interesting. Well, I no, hadn't picked up on that. Okay. Well, and as you can see, everybody sees something in it, but mm. conf- uh, relates to different games. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we just have to wait and see uh, when um, Penny Factory will actually be built and how soon uh, elements will be um, available as well. Yeah, if, if you look at the, uh, the Pinball Adventures website, which is actually pinballbuzz.com, and, and have a look at the games there, you will uh, be able to see... Um, a flyer and various details about elements, along with, along with the other nine titles, well, the other eight titles, or nine titles in total that they, they announced a long time ago, uh, starting with the Punny Factory elements, Sushi Pinball, Ninja Pinball, 
That's whack. Fruitomatics, first class pinball, Canada A, and world domination. So all those have been announced, um, and each of them has a little bit about them. But uh, yeah, elements. Uh, there's a there's a description there. Although I don't I didn't see there was a I don't think there's actually a link to the video on that. Uh, but uh, if you go to the uh, to their channel, you will find it. I'm sure. Right. Okay. So, so moving on to. Uh, I suppose uh, the next company, which uh, let's, um, let's 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 have a word about about Spooky Pinball then, because we haven't mentioned anything about them so far, right. and they've been uh, have been putting a few teasers out about what's the, what their next title is going to be, right? Which is going to be a spooky theme title. Ooh, okay, yeah. Well, um, no more information than that, I, I guess, at the moment. Other oh, than um, just, just a few teases and um, a, a fragment of the cabinet. Hi, Jonathan. Was, I've got uh, some really exciting news. Uh, please call me back as soon as you so. can. <laughs> I'm going to be around for Hopefully about half can. an hour. Um, then I'm going to be tied uh, up probably some rumors for the rest of the day. A change so in the way they're going to offer this soon. game as well. Best wishes. Bye bye. Um, well, yeah, and again, uh, um, uh, we're going by the source of uh, Canada Pinball. Oh, right, okay. Um, where uh, where he basically mentioned that Spooky will adopt a similar uh, three-tier uh, model uh, like uh, Stern or Jersey Jack. Uh, so a pro-premium LE kind of thing. Um, and I believe that it was also announced that the, uh, the, the next title will have a run of a thousand uh, games. So, but we still don't know what it is and uh, whether there's any truth to that. So um, let's just wait and see uh, whenever Spooky is ready to reveal, which should be uh, it, in th theoretically any day now because I think uh, Rick and Morty production is as good as done. Right. I wonder if they're going to be in a position where they've actually got some games already to uh, to sell them when they do make the announcement, like... Uh, like um, American Pinball we're talking about. And, uh, and of course, every company wants to be in that position as well. You know, they want to announce the game and say, well, you can, you can order it now. And, and it's shipping straight away. But um, as you say, Rick and Morty, uh, almost at the end of the run, there is new code for that. You'll be pleased to hear, Jonathan. On the 18th uh, of uh, May, there was uh, a new release. Fortunately, nothing major. Just a few bug fixes and crash fixes, and uh, that's about it, really. So we didn't spend any more time on that. Right. So, um, okay. Um, and what else do we have? Um, well, Chicago oh, Gaming. Yeah. There had been rumours around that uh, they would be announcing their, their next remake title, which is widely expected to be Cactus Canyon. Right. But um, apparently but that's... That's not going to take place as, as planned. You well, as, uh, as, as a good reporter, um, I tend to uh, verify uh, news uh, every now and then. And uh, in this case, I called uh, Ryan White of uh, Chicago Gaming, who is their uh, uh, marketing uh, manager, I suppose. Um, and he said he did not know where the rumor is coming from, but it certainly didn't come from them. And uh, whenever they are ready, they will let us know up front when they are ready to announce a new game and uh, we'll get the inside scoop. 
But uh, for now, there's nothing he could say. So I'm not expecting any news from Chicago Gaming this month. No, no, I think that's uh, that's fair. So uh, well, with uh, American Pinball uh, again ready to launch their game um, this month, then and possibly Spooky Pinball as well. Then we don't, don't want to have it too crowded with, with new game announcements or uh, um, or next month's podcast is going to be way too long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so from from company that hasn't got any news, um, let's move to um, I suppose that's another one that hasn't really got any news, which is Pinball Brothers, who are remaking the the Alien title. Yeah, um, they there've been lots of requests for, for people to give, or for, from people for them to give information about what's going to be available or what's going to be added to the game. In the in the upcoming limited version or LV model of Alien, um, Pimple Brothers are, are standing by and, and saying, or standing by their their initial claims, said, "No, we're not going to announce anything until summer." Well, okay. it's kind of looking out the window. I'd say it's summer now, um, yeah, at least in the northern hemisphere. I think uh, we're talking about the southern hemisphere. So um, hopefully there'll be something coming out about uh, what's in the limited version fairly soon right so uh, yeah it's a bit odd in the sense that um, uh, last month they had like a dozen uh, prototypes uh, being uh, put together shown Mm -hmm. Uh, you think those games would show up uh, somewhere Um, not so much I think I did see a a video from uh, someone from the pinball club in the UK, if I'm yep. not mistaken, yeah, uh, where they were playing the new model. So, so some of those new games are uh, uh, arriving at uh, customers. Yeah, that's um, that was James who runs Pinball Bazaar in the UK, and I can, uh, I can reveal that um, there will be an Alien remake or not remake, an Alien new version available at the upcoming Swayze show. In, uh, in Cambridgeshire in the UK at uh, in July second to fourth, I believe uh, are the dates right. for that. Okay. So that will be one of the one of the games available to play. Okay. Well, um, interesting, and uh, it, it will certainly be interesting to see how the game holds up uh, if it's being played all afternoon mm. long. Uh, yeah, it will be. Yeah, over about three days, so it's going to be a good test. Right. So. Um, but I was hoping for more from Pinball Brothers. But then again, let's see. Uh, who knows next month? Yeah. Or yeah. this month, whatever. So then, um, um, yeah, from mm. Pinball Brothers, it's uh, not such a big step to uh, Dutch Pinball, also uh, based in Europe. Um, not so much uh, to report. I did speak to uh, to Barry earlier today. Um, they're still. Uh, slowly cranking out games, but they're being delayed by uh, the same uh, supply chain issues that uh, old manufacturers are currently dealing with. And uh, Barry is hopeful that it might take maybe next four to six months, uh, sorry, weeks, uh, to solve those issues, and then they expect to be uh, going at it at full speed again. Well, right. do, um, do we have any idea how many... How many uh, sort of back orders there are, or how many um, uh, early achiever editions are still unfulfilled? I, I, I have no numbers on that, so right. um, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, the last time I was in the factory, uh, I did see uh, early achiever numbers in the sixties, 
um, being uh, built, but that was already a couple of months ago, and I mm. wouldn't be able to tell you what the current uh, current number is. So, so no, no plans that you know of yet to announce uh, the next title from them. Uh, oh, I'm sure there are plans, but um, I have no idea when they will be revealed. Okay, fine. Um, not a problem. So, um, talking of um, companies with no games. news. Oh. Well, talking about companies which um, which have an upcoming game, but which hasn't been revealed yet, which we know about. Uh, last month, we we spoke to Mike Kalinowski of Homepin. Uh, right. Did a did a good interview with him, and um, he told us um, about their next game, or at least certain details of it. Right. And um, but wasn't able to tell us exactly when it was going to be announced formally. He, he did say they had a, a deadline on it, as to, as it had to come out this year. So it probably won't be too much longer before uh, that is made public. But he hasn't revealed it, or didn't reveal any more details of, of the uh, the actual theme itself. Actually, I, I'm a, based on the fact that um, Joe Bolzer only recently got uh, hired, I'm expecting it probably will take another at least three, four months, I suppose, before any uh, title is going to be revealed. Or um, um, uh, You know how it is with pinball. It's very hard to do. And uh, I know there's a contractual obligation that uh, yes, the game exactly. must be in production before the end of the year. Um, but but I, think it was, I think it was before uh, that. I think it was October. I think right. It had to be, had I'm, to be I'm shown. afraid it could be a very close call. Um uh, based on how uh, how hard pinball is, then again, we don't know how many people are working on it behind the scenes and so on. But um, oh well, if there's news, yeah, um, we'll report it, and uh, I'm sure Mike will be more than happy to come on the show again. And some good news, um, Mike did mention in the interview that uh, they were starting building Thunderbirds toppers, which were uh, which were. Uh, Part of the deal that was those who pre-ordered the game that would come with a topper, well, those are actually being produced now and being shipped to those who did pre-order the game. Uh, they're not available to purchase um, separately. So if you didn't pre-order the game, then you can't buy it. Although right. it, it doesn't look overly complicated, but it does look quite attractive and will hopefully look good when, uh, when it's on, on top of a Thunderbird game. Right. Okay. So... Um um, well, uh, I guess we're sort of rounding up because we're uh, in the companies with no news, and that, uh, <laughs> one of those companies is also, um, as far as uh, we could figure out, a multimorphic. Yeah, yeah. Searched and didn't find any any more news other than um, Kevin from Buffalo Pinball's been uh, doing some more streaming of the heist game. But um, so uh, you go to Buffalo Pinball's uh, website and uh, YouTube channel or Twitch channel. In fact, um, you can you can watch. Um, gameplay from Heist, including the the, the uh, famed fifteen ball multi ball that we spoke about in the last last podcast, uh, right. cast, I should say. I might want to check that out because I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Okay. So Buffalo Pinball is is the place for that. Um, okay. Excellent. Okay. Um, I suppose that pretty much rounds up uh, the pinball manufacturers. So right. we move on to a little bit of uh, of other news, I suppose, and um, I suppose the the big news, literally is uh, from the Pinball Hall of Fame, where right. they uh, they have completed their massive pinball sign on the front of the building. And uh, it looked impressive before when it was painted red letters, basically from from the, 
from almost the bottom of the building up to the very top and it covered the entire width of it, just the word pinball in red, and it looked amazing and um, I think was uh, wowed people just by itself. But but uh, it's now been revealed it's actually illuminated with uh, in outlines as well, so almost like a neon outline to those letters. So it could be, right. rather than just being lit at night, it actually illuminates itself and spells out the word pinball in, in um, a kind of neon, I'm sure it's LED, but uh, neon type lettering. Right. So uh, that, that looks amazing. So if you're going to look at the Pinball Hall of Fame YouTube page. Um, I don't know if there's a, a video for it, but um, oh, certainly it's yeah. uh, certainly on their Facebook um, page, I should say. So yeah. uh, go and have a look at it there. It does look amazing. There's quite a few people who've taken taken pictures of that and, and posted them. So uh, and, and tagged Pinball Hall of Fame in them as well. Right. So uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, we thought thought it was. A, thought it was amazing before when it just spelt out the word pinball and now it's illuminated it looks absolutely awesome and uh, and great great publicity so right. congratulations to everyone there on that i'm still curious why it doesn't say pinball and then hall of, hall fame, of fame smaller yeah. below it but um yeah i was wondering whether they could have painted that on the you know either side of the doors you know hall on one side and of fame on the other side of the doors yeah possible definitely. yeah yeah so. but but pinball's the important bit I suppose it is, yes. So, uh, oh well. So, if you go to Vegas and you see a sign that says pinball, um, I suppose you, well, you found the Pinball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be uh, be easily visible from from planes uh, if they're coming in in that direction. Right. I don't think there's, uh, although Las Vegas obviously has plenty of neon lights and so on. I don't think any of the other locations basically say like huge slot machines. <laughs> no, no, I suppose not. No, they, gambling. They tend, <laughs> well, they tend they tend to have um, sort of big screens outside, don't they? Which which cycle through various messages. So yeah, um, actually, I think it's kind of probably assumed that most of the places there will have slot machines. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's good that, good that the Pinball Hall of Fame doesn't. Right. Okay. So, uh, anything else? Um, I think we uh, we've pretty much covered anything. Well, I think we. I can't remember whether we mentioned about uh, about Jim Patler. Um, no, we didn't. Or not? So, okay, yeah, so no, we didn't. Probably worth mentioning that because because uh, we we were talking about American pinball at the very start of this pincast, and of course Jim Patler was there as uh, uh, I forget exactly what his role was. It was the chief operations officer or his uh, head of production. Like yes. Yeah. Uh, he didn't stay there for very long uh, before Six moving. Months. Yeah, and then he he left, and then he he popped up over at Jersey Jack Pinball. Right. Where he was their chief operating officer. Yeah, uh, he joined in July 2020, I think it was. Yeah, um, there's an interesting story to that. If yeah. I uh, yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I understood from um, uh, someone who um, uh, knows someone who knows someone. Mm-hmm. I think I know someone. Apparently, um, uh, Jim Petla. Um, supposedly was uh, interviewed back then to become uh, uh, to work under Pat Lawler and um, funnily enough he ended up running the place yeah I think uh, he was when he came in and interviewed he was he was an offered the job of chief operating officer right and, um, but sadly or at least well I'm not sure whether it's a sad situation but I was sort of saddened to see that um, Jim actually retired again in February uh, of this year 
Yeah, well, he, he was retired before he went to work for American Pinball, and he left True. there and, and was officially retired again. And then very shortly after, he was back at, Jer- uh, back at Jersey Jack. But yeah, now he's back retired again. Um, so he was there for about eight months in that in that position, uh, which does sort of raise the question, well, who is running the, the show there at uh, Jersey Jack Pinball now? If, uh, if Jim was the chief operating officer, um, who's taken that role over? Right. Well, if you know the answer, you can call the studio now. <laughs> yeah, or well, just tell Gary, and uh, he'll, he'll come on next month and tell us all about it. Right. So, but no, it's an interesting question, and it's it also is, yeah. it's uh, it's also interesting to see that uh, JJP announced the retirements of uh, other employees, uh, but not that of uh, Jim Petla. Yeah. He, uh, when well, I think companies generally tend to. Uh, make a fanfare when they employ or hire staff um, and uh, somewhat less um, effusive about uh, about it when, when they leave. So right. it's understandable. Mm. But uh, okay. yeah, they mentioned that those who are retiring uh, having given a long service. Um, I guess Jim had only been there for eight months. So, uh, and we don't know the circumstances in which he, uh, he left either. Which, uh, right. so. And oh, we, probably, well. we probably never will. Well, that depends. Um, maybe I should give him a call. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I doubt we'd uh, be able to uh, put it in the in the pincast. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, we, we wish Jim the best, and uh, oh, yeah, we wish uh, Jersey Jack the, uh, the best as well with uh, continuing with their, with their production and uh, with, without Jim's input any any longer. I mean, he, he may have just been there for a, a contract in order to help. Do, uh, no, completing a particular task, and it may right. naturally have uh, come to the end of that that contract. Right. So, yeah. okay. So, I suppose this rounds it up. Uh, thank you for uh, for listening. Uh, we hope you learned some new stuff. Uh, if you weren't uh, following uh, everything uh, yourself, um, and of course, we had some uh, some scoops from uh, uh, American Pinball, which you yeah. uh, uh, read about on other websites as well. Um, after we put this out um, so thank you for your time and uh, Martin and I look forward to be uh, uh, well let's, let's, return. let's return but maybe sooner than you expect because um, mm-hmm. if American Pinball will be um, announcing a game uh, before the end of the month and it's still, uh, let's say, like a two-week window before our next show, we might do a bonus podcast. Hmm, yeah. yeah. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um, no guarantees, but we we, uh, we hope to have uh, some, some good access to the key players in, in the production of that game that we will be, we'll be delighted to bring to you, uh, courtesy of, of American Pinball. So, uh, right. so uh, keep keep an eye out for that. And um, and of course, if you have any thoughts or comments about uh, the Pincast, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Uh, Jonathan is uh, editor at pinball-magazine.com and uh, I'm editor at pinballnews.com and we'd be uh, delighted to hear what you think well, we may not be, but we uh, we'd certainly be interested to hear what you think about uh, about the pincast and uh, which features and and uh, segments you particularly enjoy. Right. So, so and until uh, until next month, when we will be looking back at all, all the events in the pinball world of June 2021. Uh, it's goodbye from me, Martin, and from me, Jonathan, and uh, until next month. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.